Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Salutations. <laughs> this is not a regular episode. We normally mm. just watch a horror movie and then talk about it. Maybe have some tangents, some delightful banter, maybe bond along the way. Uh, mm. But we're actually doing our top 100 horror movies of all time. We've both got our own list. This is part two. Mm-hmm. We already did numbers 100 through 71. This episode will be starting off at number 70 and going to at least number 41. We might go mm-hmm. further depending on how long that's taking. But mm-hmm. uh, either way, this is the middle part and we'll get through it. You know, Tim will give his, I'll give mine, we'll go back and forth. The only rule to remember is that if one of us see a movie that the other person has higher on their list, they must shout hold. And then we don't talk <laughs> about it until it's higher appearance. Uh, mm-hmm. so we should be starting with Tim however I made a boo-boo last episode <laughs> Tim uh, do you remember oh, how I stopped us at one point and said I was worried that I'd missed one and then I, I said I do remember that yeah and I said oh no I haven't I was correct I hadn't I was accurate when I said that the problem mm-hmm. is is that when I was done deciding that I said okay that takes us on to your next one Tim which was <laughs> skipping what I mean <laughs> uh, and all right in wrestling terms, I worked myself into a shoot. <laughs> so, so I'll be briefly mentioning my number 91 before we continue from where we're supposed to be starting from. All right, so it's way back in number 91? Yes. Okay. Okay, now I thought it was like closer towards the end. I didn't realize it was uh, that like it was that early on. Okay. It, was, it was that early, yes. Okay. So, I guess without further ado, we'll, we'll just dive into it. My number 91 that I skipped was The Descent. So, there you go. Okay. Oh, uh, Tim's thinking about it. Uh, I'm going to ask you to hold that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll just mention then before we move on that that was down for me um, all the way from 51 from last time. So, Ooh, there okay. you go. I had to find it there because I wasn't sitting at that number. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we can get started proper with this episode's batch. So, Tim, if you'd please mm. kick us off with your number 70. Bleh. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, my number 70 is Dracula from uh, the original Universal Bella Lugosi-ass <laughs> Dracula uh, from 1931. Uh, hold, and... hold, hold. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, so first of all, hold. Secondly, this is down for you. This was number 23 for you last time. Okay. <laughs> Big drop. Big drop. Yes. Oof. But yes, hold. Hold you, son of a bitch. All right. My number 70. And this is down from 62 from last time. So not too big a drop. Is Friday the 13th Part 2. You may continue. Oh, oh. <laughs> Friday the 13th Part 2 is is one of my favourites of the franchise. Uh, I think it's probably the most effective out of the whole bunch as a horror movie. Jason's actually quite creepy running around with that sack on his head. I mean, hell, I, I just said he was running. He doesn't run in the later <laughs> movies. He walks. He stalks. He <laughs> balks at any attempt at exercise that's just who jason is <laughs> but 
in part two, they hadn't quite figured out who Jason was going to be yet, and I think it's a tighter film than the original. I think it's got one of the better final girls of the franchise, and it's got a couple of the standout kills. Everyone remembers the guy in the wheelchair and his mm-hmm. demise going down the stairs. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. So it's not lacking in the comedy stakes either for, for one of these movies. Mm-hmm. Plus, I could be wrong here, but I think it's the only Friday the 13th that... Obviously, lots of them have some nudity. Lots of them have <laughs> some boobage. This may be the only one with the bush. Mm, interesting. Full okay. bush. So, <laughs> worth keeping in mind. Uh, but no, I, I think the... I think especially if you compare like, the final act, which is, you know, Friday the 13th Part 1, it's... I mean, spoilers here for Friday the 13th, if you don't know. But, uh, you know, it's, it's an old lady chasing around the final girl. <laughs> And their fighting is kind of comical when you actually stop mm-hmm. and watch it. The ending of Friday the 13th Part 2 is Amy Steele like, ducking and diving as this crazy man with a sack over his head is running around in the background. It's actually quite effective and creepy. Uh, I Friday the 13th Part 2 is, across the board, a better movie than the original. The only thing that I think is really kind of just a whatever about it is that the first five minutes feels the need to one recap the previous mm. movie and to quickly like have a kill of the surviving character just to get her out the way as if we is if any of the future movies was going to care that much about continuity but the, again they hadn't quite figured that out yet that they didn't have to yeah. care so we get an awkward scene at the start really kill someone off mm. but other than that it's a delightful time <clears throat> Yeah, I'm actually not a super big fan of the first Friday the 13th uh, movie, so I agree that this one is uh, a lot better um, by a big stretch. And uh, I also agree that it is probably the most effective as a, like, scary horror movie. Um, I I do think it's quite good, but yeah, it just didn't quite uh, make my list. And I I do think even though Jason is probably the scariest uh, out of the series in this one, it's still not the Jason that I quite love. Like, I do like... The kind of slow lumbering zombie Jason, so I feel like I don't know that some it knocks it down a, a peg for me, so it didn't quite make the list. But I do agree it is a, a very good film, uh, especially a you know uh, with the series. It's a yeah big standout. Mm, yeah, um, may not be the last read the thirteenth movie that is discussed on this show. We shall see. <laughs> it wasn't the first either. I'm pretty sure Jason Takes Manhattan already came up, but. Uh, I guess that'll take us on to your number 69, Timmy. Oh, I'm next. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, I just went, so yes, that's typically how this works. Oh, wait, actually, I meant to say you're next, uh, because... <laughs> hold! Okay. <laughs> yeah, you hold that, you son of a bitch. Uh, this okay. is down for you. This was number 30 for you last time. Mm. So uh, big, big, big movement in some of yours here so far this episode <laughs> very fun i also love that i've held both of yours so far so you've not had the chance to say anything about any of your movies yet let's keep it going i think this is a short episode <laughs> we'll see how long i can keep that streak going uh what's my number 69 my number 69 is uh actually down only one spot from last time because it was 68 last time and that is invasion of the body snatchers the 1978 version oh <laughs> was was that a hold? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard to tell, Timmy. It was hard to tell. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I 
just recently, well, about a year ago now, but uh, not that long ago, on Ace, we did the the original fifties movie, and the fifties one really holds up. Actually, it's much. It's out of oh, really? out of the sci fi movies of the fifties. Other than maybe Day of the Earth stood still, it holds up probably the best. And it doesn't feel goofy at all. It feels like it's a really solid, suspenseful horror sci-fi movie. Um, nice. But the 70s one takes it and makes it grittier. It puts it in a city. It gives us Donald Sutherland and the young Jeff Goldblum and Leonard Nimoy's there. You know, some sci-fi royalty, <laughs> if you will. Um, and it just makes it all a little bit nastier. Like, you know, the 50s mm. is, one is very effective despite the fact that it's in the, the 50s and despite the fact that it's playing by all these rules, it's actually, it feels risky for the, the time, but obviously Hollywood in the 70s was very grimy. All of a sudden, you didn't have all these safe studio movies. You had, you know, you, you had Dirty New York, you had Taxi Driver, <laughs> you had Exploitation Cinema, which wasn't really as much of a, th- at least not in a big way in the 50s, so a lot of that influence is there and it's a darker film it's a more intimidating film and it feels like a more depressing film uh the only thing that i don't like about the 50s one which is a very very great movie is the very very end it feels kind of tacked on where it kind of gives it a happy ending uh the 70s one doesn't even dream of having a happy ending and no it, it it just twists the knife it twists the knife deeper and leaves you just feeling miserable like the world is doomed and <laughs> i think that's what they wanted so yeah it's a very you know it's, it's a horror movie because you've got all the suspense of trying to not be taken over by the body snatchers but it's also got this kind of very uh what's the word oppressive feeling to it that's uh very very mm-hmm. good which which fits with the themes of because it's a very it's a very allegorical film of course the premise is very much about um you know lots of things so yeah, uh, I like this one quite a bit, too. Um, uh, it's actually been a while since I, I, I've seen it, so maybe I'm due for a rewatch. And uh, I don't think I've ever seen the original, so that's probably um, something I should uh, check out as well. How do you feel about the, the what, re- remake? Uh, was that one, Invasion? That was like the, a remake, right? Of Yeah, like- I was that. But there was also one in the 90s, which I've not seen yet, directed by Abel oh, Ferrer, yeah. who did Thriller mm. Killer and King in New York, which I, I actually <laughs> want to see that one, because okay. that's, a, that's a very interesting director for that. Uh, mm-hmm. The 2000s one with Nicole Kidman called Invasion was shit. <laughs> like, really bad. Like, it was really yeah, bad. I don't I don't think I remember anything about it, but uh, mm. other than it uh, not really being good, but... Um, it's no wonder though that it's been remade so many times because, like you said, it is a very allegorical like movie. There's, you know, it's like a lot you can say, uh, you know, about society, like yeah, but people poli- are being replaced, yeah. and it's about politics and like conforming to the the yeah. what's seen as the correct normal and not giving up your individuality. You can basically take it into any era and it will mm-hmm. work. Just you just you'll just think of a different oppression, <laughs> basically yeah. depending on what era you're in. Yeah, and uh, I always like having stuff on the list that's like, um, you know, that it's something that like has affected pop culture or like mm. entered the zeitgeist, and like you know, just the term "pod people" is like, you know, just like shorthand for, you know, that kind of same thing of like people that are conformists or, you know, um, or whatnot. So uh, it, it's always cool to be like, oh, like that's where that's from, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, very effective. Uh, so I've heard the nineties one is good. I do want to watch it. Uh, I'm sure we'll do it in Ace mm. at some point after we do the seventies one, and I'm excited to see that one because 
It doesn't really get talked about, but I don't think anyone says anything bad about it, so I'm curious. Mm. I'm very curious. Interesting. Yeah. But uh, uh, without further ado, uh, what is your number 68? Dun, 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 dun. Here comes the bride. The bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you make it tell you, Timmy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really love... Um, I mean, you know, I just mentioned Dracula a little earlier. Uh, I, you know, I love those old-school universal monsters. Uh, I like, you know, the first Frankenstein movie quite a bit, but I... Um, and I'm not sure if this made my list last time. Uh, I can tell you it did not. Okay, yeah. Because I, I think maybe um, this is something I watched a couple of times over the last couple of years. Uh, I, I think mainly because it's something I've heard a lot of like artists and stuff that I like that you know, really draw inspiration from it. Uh, you know, number one being Mike Mignola, of course. Uh, you know, you know, I love my Hellboy and everything. Um, I know he's talked a lot about this movie and actually went to see him uh, when he was touring with his documentary or... Uh, and we're supposed to watch this, but they couldn't get the print, so we had to watch the original Frankenstein, which was still good. But uh, it was it was a kind of a shame not to see this one on the big screen. But I don't know th- this one is just like it. It's uh, I don't know. It's just like super weird. Like uh, there's just a lot of uh, like really cool touches uh, to it, uh, and uh, it feels like maybe one of the few. <clears throat> Maybe one of the few Universal sequels that I feel like, um, you know, really stands out on its own and might even be better uh, than the original. But, um, yeah, it's just a really cool. Uh, a lot of like, I, the, like the the one of the, like the weirdest things that like always stands out with uh, for me is like the, you know, uh, the, the guy that makes like the little. Uh, I forget what they're called, but like the little uh, homunculuses or something. But like there's a little tiny like like a king and a queen in a jar and stuff. It's just like such a weird <laughs> thing to see, uh, you know, in, in this movie. And, you know, it introduces like the Brad Frankenstein who like became like her own very iconic, you know, universal monster, which, you know, if it's been a while since you've seen the movie, she only appears in, like the last like couple of minutes and she doesn't really have like much to do, but, um, she, you know, she has such a striking look and it's such like an entrance that, you know, she becomes such like a staple of, you know, these kind of movies and stuff. <clears throat> and I don't know, it's, uh, at its core, it's like a really sad movie too. Like when you rewatch it, like, you know, the Frankenstein, you know, he just wants to, he just wants to find some love. You know, that's, you know, something that, that we can all uh, relate, relate to, I, mean, I feel like, but the monster wants to find some love. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, But no, it's, uh, yeah, I, I like this one quite a bit. I've only seen it the once, so... Mm-hmm. It's not on my list just because I, I, I need to revisit it before I, you know, and we did the original Frankenstein like five years ago and we still haven't got around to doing the oh. second one. <laughs> uh, and then get to the weird ones. We'll get to Son of mm. Frankenstein and Frankenstein's <laughs> second cousin and Frankenstein's aunt Marge and all these <laughs> other sequels they did. Because um, I actually, I want to go back and do some of those universal horror franchises that we've not done. Uh, oh, yeah. They've been kind of lingering uh for whatever reason, but uh, we'll, we'll find a reason to do them soon. Maybe, maybe that's something well, we could do next October. We'll just pick one and do like all five or six mm-hmm. of whatever one we pick. Well, you know, we were going to time them to do with the uh, Dark Universe, but someone had <laughs> to go and ruin that, so... Uh, just one person? I, mean... <laughs> I blame everyone that didn't just, you know, <laughs> go to the theaters and droves to see The Mummy. <laughs> I don't think you can blame the people for that, Tim. <laughs> I don't think you can blame them. All right, that was your 68. So my number 68, which is down a little bit from 59, is The Exorcist. Oh, 
you'll probably have to hold. I thought I might. Yeah, yeah, you can uh, you can hold that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Right. Very nice. Okay. Well, in that case, Tim, what's your number sixty-seven? Uh, <laughs> I don't think you mentioned. That. Wait. Did, you might have mentioned this earlier. I don't remember now. But uh, my sixty-seven is Ringu. Did we talk about that? Yes, yes, yes. You you held me on that. That was my last entry, last episode. So okay. Oh, so well, you, you, you yeah. This this is a this is a unleash the the discussion now. <laughs> it's been unheld. Uh, yeah. I mean, I talk about like another you know, movie that has gone on to become like very iconic. Uh, you know, just like the the image of the ring and the cursed videotape. But you know, I mean it. it pretty much set like a whole wave of like you know uh, and uh, i mean obviously we're talking about the japanese version but you know like that movie you know and the uh american remake just created like this whole f- influx of you know like uh japanese horror phenomena uh you know in the early 2000s um yeah all, all, of, a, the... all of a sudden watching japanese horror was like this thing people did like it wasn't yeah. really a thing before then the ring kind of you know obviously people watched dark water they watched the grudge mm-hmm. they watched um audition even but mm-hmm. uh, you know the audition was first but i don't think anyone would have been seeking that out in the same way if it hadn't been for the ring opening those floodgates and everyone going yeah. hey maybe we should be paying attention <laughs> to what japan's doing yeah but uh i mean it's, it's a you know very effective movie it's very creepy uh i like the you know a lot of the sequels and stuff kind of get off the rails, and I feel like you know, hasn't hasn't really been able to, to capture the magic of this first one. But the first one is just a very, you know, nice, creepy, you know, self-contained horror movie. That you know, there's nice like mystery to it, and um, yeah, I mean the the ending is you know still it's iconic. It's just <laughs> yeah. one of those scenes that you, you, there's, there's almost nothing you can say about it other than just. I, I think when we have done it in the past, and it's actually one that we need to redo because it was so early and like. I don't know if you've went back mm-hmm. and checked him. Our review of that's like twenty-four minutes long. It's like <laughs> nothing. We could probably think of a few more things to say. We probably yeah. could. Um, I'm not suggesting we redo any of the sequels or anything like that, though. The, the once was enough. <laughs> With all yeah, those, those are <laughs> a, a little tough. <laughs> but the first one, I, I think the the tone and the atmosphere is the thing that you forget. Like you remember the big moment. You remember the premise. You remember the watch the tape. Mm-hmm. You get the phone call. You'll die in seven days, and you remember mm-hmm. the ending. But it the tone and the 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 investigative kind of plot that's sort of taken it through and this sort of ticking time bomb to like try and save lives mm-hmm. is uh it's very good and uh I, yeah i dig it a lot so yeah ring ring very good which by the way was a new entry for you you didn't have this last time and this so <laughs> sh- shame on tim in 2017 <laughs> <laughs> all right that was your 67 my number 67 mm-hmm which is up a reasonable chunk from 81, actually. And it is a, a little film by the name of Pieces. Ooh, okay. You you make it yeah. continue. <laughs> yeah, Pieces was just, like, it's kind of like an Italian slasher movie that's made with Americans that just <laughs> has everything turned up to 11. You've got a, a killer who's running around with a chainsaw, but... Oh, and to be honest, like, this might sound like blasphemy, but this movie probably deserves the name Chainsaw Massacre way more than actual Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre does, because... That's very fair. Because this killer is chopping people up with that chainsaw. You know, mm-hmm. there's a the famous bit of trivia for Texas Chainsaw, which is how many people did he actually kill mm-hmm. with a chainsaw in that movie? And the answer is one, right? Mm-hmm. That's not a massacre. 
No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a massacre. It's it's, it's, it's a murder. That's all it is. <laughs> um, whereas this it has laugh out loud moments. It's got characters with weird logic. It's got um weird scenes there's like a, a random kung fu guy that's been dubbed <laughs> by a white man doing a very bad racist impression of a chinese man and it's just mm-hmm. but it's out of nowhere and it's really weird uh the ending is there's a zipper and it's, it's <laughs> that's a, that is wild it just like you there's a lot of movies that feel like they're kind of in the same ballpark as this movie and i enjoy them all to various degrees but this one very much feels like the pinnacle of just batshit slasher movie where there's not a lot of like artistic merit but the things that it's fun for it's doing mm. the, the dials are all up to 11 it doesn't know how to be anything but an 11 right <laughs> that that's it just doesn't know how to do anything else yeah uh, i was actually watching this just last week uh when uh, I, I my brother was visiting uh, from out of town and he had never seen it before and we we're just looking for you know something stupid to put on mm. uh yeah, at the end of the night, and um, I I just kind of threw this on and be like, oh, well, something like we'll laugh at, you know, every now and again, and you know, it it's for it, it's very easy to be like, oh yeah, this is a bad movie or whatever, but it sucks you in so much. Like I like I really got like pulled into it, even <laughs> though I was just like, yeah, I thought, I'll just throw it on as a movie to laugh in the background. But it it is like uh, endlessly watchable. Fact, um, I, I'm just remembering now we're talking about it. <laughs> the one of the main characters is uh as a a pro tennis player who's turned into a cop who's now undercover as a tennis yes. coach at the college what the logic of it is it's insane <laughs> is that how undercover cops work is they hire people who were actually good at the things they're going to go undercover as but now the here's a badge you're now a cop now give us the badge back because it's a secret yeah. you can't tell anyone <laughs> I mean, admittedly, you know, this was back in the day, and they didn't have the internet and stuff, so maybe not everyone, you know, could look up what someone looks like at the drop of a hat, but still, like, you think a famous tennis player, like, at least a couple of people are every now and again are going to be like, hey, wait a minute, like, don't I know you? Well, that's the genius of it, though, is that she's there to teach tennis, so... Her backstory is a pro tennis player actually kind of make. I mean, maybe it's suspicious. <laughs> oh, true, yeah, like... maybe it's suspicious that she's working at some shitty college and not somewhere yeah. more prestigious. But it, like that part tracks. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's uh, PCs. My number sixty-eight or 60, 67, Sorry, it comes highly recommended. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your number sixty-six, Timmy? My number sixty-six is Day of the Dead. The of course, the original 1985 George Romero version. Which uh, is down. Last time it was 49 for you. Oof. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, I love George Romero. Uh, I love, you know, the, you know, his uh, zombie movies. Uh, I, you know, I, I do feel like sometimes, you know, the Day of the Day gets a little overshadowed by, you know, uh, night and dawn uh which you know pretty Wait, popular you mean um, the, the two masterpieces that came before yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i do know people that do say this one's their favorite so it's not like it's unbeloved or whatever but it's you know standing on the shoulders of giants mm. uh is I, I think that's a phrase <laughs> um but i mean you know despite it not uh you know i don't I feel like not being as good as the other two which i guess is kind of a, a spoiler if you think the other ones are going to be on the list or not um but yeah, I, I do think this one is still, you know, very good. I, I think it has a lot of really memorable scenes. I think the gore and the special effects are, are great. Um, you know, like 
uh, you know, the, uh, was it, uh, Bub, uh, the zombie? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, yeah, he looks great. And, um, I, I always forget if it's at the beginning or at the end, but I think that it's like right in the beginning that it's like that, like dream sequence, which, you know, uh, dream sequences are annoying or whatever, but they have all the hands like coming through, uh, the wall that just, uh, that looks like so cool. And, um, yeah, like the, the score is really good. Um, you know, I do feel like this one is a bit slower in some parts, which is why, <clears throat> um, you know, I'm not maybe as crazy about it as the other two, but I think it's still a really solid, good zombie movie. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I, I think I kind of underestimate it sometimes because I never remember it being anywhere near as good as the first two. And it, it's not anywhere near as good as the first two, but uh, <laughs> I, I tend to be like, oh, you know what? This is this is actually still a pretty decent watch. It's just the story's just mm-hmm. not quite there. And it feels like, because it was meant to be bigger than Dawn, but then the budget mm-hmm. got slashed, so it's actually smaller than Dawn. So it feels like a mm-hmm. weird trajectory for the franchise, where it's like, because it was almost like this is meant to be City of the Dead, right? You know, not, not titled that, mm-hmm. but that was kind of the idea. But then it's like, oh no, we can't afford to do all that, so we'll have a couple minutes of that at the start, and then they're just going to be in a bunker <laughs> for for the rest of it. Makes sense. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, there's some fun moments though, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the the military guy who's kind of like in charge is kind of easy to to hate and absolutely i think you enjoy that if you get into that so that's good um my number 66 uh which is down a bit from 46 is gremlins oh i'm gonna Uh, ask you to hold that i'm not surprised i'm not surprised okay well in that case tim uh why don't you hit me with your number 65 uh so you had mentioned uh pearl earlier in your list i, I believe yes. um which i didn't ask you to hold it so i'm not gonna say pearl but i am gonna say x which is uh, hold! You know. oh okay <laughs> <laughs> right so that was your 65 yeah the problem is is when i say hold i don't have time to type in the new ones that you've not because obviously that's a new one <laughs> it didn't exist yeah. last time so sadly no there we go so my number 65 uh and this is an unhold because this oh okay is dracula from 1931 uh this is down a bit for me from number 36 last time i mean it's probably Mm -hmm. good that we've got a lot of things that are down because it means that there's new stuff that we either saw or things Mm -hmm. that we like more than last time but uh yeah so this is the other big universal monster movie um, it's one of the more iconic ones. Bela Lugosi's performance is kind of mm-hmm. defined what a lot of people think of as Dracula, and it's still mm-hmm. very entertaining to watch him play that role all these years later. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the big reasons why I have it on on the list and everything is like, I you know, I, I enjoy the movie itself, but I think so much of it is in that performance and you know, Lugosi just making it his own so much and you know again like you know making it iconic and you know presenting this version of dracula that you know i feel like we still see a lot of uh you know in you know adaptations and and stuff today like there's still that kind of you know suave hypnotizing um you know air to dracula now that really you know comes from that yeah Um, all all the way to nicholas cage and renfield (laughs) even that's got some bella lugosi and the inspiration Uh, but I mean, I, you know, it's, uh, I, I do, I like the way, uh, you know, it looks a lot and, uh, it's, you know, uh, well, what did I, oh, yeah, I, I was just like kind of reading this random adaptation, a uh, uh, comic book adaptation of Dracula the other day that I 
wasn't really expecting much from it. I just really got sucked in. And like uh, Dracula to me is just like a perfect horror story. And um, I don't know. I, I just there's there's so many different versions and adaptations out there. Um, and um, I don't know that there's there's a lot of bad ones, <laughs> but they're I don't know. It's such a good story that I feel like you you really have to try hard to like mess it up. Um, but you know it, it's uh I I do think they. Yeah, you know, it's not a perfect adaptation of of the book, obviously, but yeah, you know, I do think they did a really good job of, you know, adapting it this kind of early go around. It's the sort of thing where the the look of a movie from nineteen thirty one kind of lends itself to the creepiness of Dracula. Yeah, you know, in the same way that Nosferatu oh, yeah, kind of yeah. works with it, even Frankenstein kind of works with it. Like, yeah, the, the, you know, they're they're products of their time, but they kind of feel like they're perfect for that time as well, which is maybe why they were successful in the first mm-hmm. place. But, uh, yeah. Dracula, my number 65. So, Tim, what is your number 64? My number 64 is a little movie called Gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so close. So close. Very good. I, was, I was waiting to see if we're going to get like a something that's like a the same number. You know, um, Tim, you did not have this last time. Uh, yeah, you know, I think it... Um. I, I think it might have escaped me as, uh, you know, thinking of it more as a, you know, a, a kids movie or something, or less of a horror movie. But um, I feel like maybe the last couple of years I, I've rewatched it after you know having watched it in a while. And you've, yeah, it does. You know, you do maybe think of it because of, you know, Gizmo and stuff being so cute. But it is actually a dark horror movie. Yeah, the, <laughs> like, the, the third act it. when the gremlins are like running rampage. <laughs> I mean, it's darkly funny in places as well, but yeah. mm-hmm. there's a lot of horror stuff. It is absolutely a horror movie. Two is a bit harder to define because two definitely goes more comedy. Yeah, I, I would say like that's like a straight up comedy. I, I think Joe Dante might have even said like, yeah, he didn't he didn't really want to do a sequel, but the only thing that enticed him was like being able to just go full like crazy Looney Tunes with mm. it, which yeah, you can see it. It's it's almost more of like a you know a satire of like the idea of sequels, which actually I, I think makes it really funny and entertaining. But um, yeah, very different than the first one. Well, you should have called it Gremlins. Is is then uh, okay? So. <laughs> Like add an S, um, like aliens, like aliens. Yeah, it's called the Gremlins. Okay. <laughs> Gremlins is, is, is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, first one's really good. It's a great Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. I love the small town vibe. Uh, if you're paying mm-hmm. attention, you can tell that the town square is actually the same one from Back to the Future, just covered in snow. <laughs> oh, okay. It's the exact nice. same Universal lot. <laughs> um, but probably no one knows at the time because it came out a year before back to the future but if you go back and watch mm. it now it's like yeah this is this is the <laughs> this is that town square uh i think they might avoid showing the clock tower though so you don't see the big thing but you can recognize um. everything else it's it's very much <laughs> that but it's it's good though it's, it's got a good cast you got phoebe case yeah. uh you got uh judge reinhold in reinhold. there dick miller of course it's joe, joe dante movie you can have a joe dante movie without <laughs> of course dick yeah. miller <laughs> Yeah, you got a dad and his crazy inventions and mm-hmm. all the other stuff. You got a hero to root for in Gizmo, and you've got a bunch of bastard gremlins, which are all animatronics. Yeah. They're all puppets and practical effects, and they're delightful. It really, it, yeah, it, it really does like look so good, and like it still holds up as being like you know just uh you know uh, the animatronics very well done. Yeah, it's not aged at all, to be honest. I mean, other than the fact mm-hmm. that it's got 80s like haircuts and shit, <laughs> it's not, I don't think it's aged at all. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I I concur. All right, that was your sixty-four. My mm-hmm. number sixty-four 
is down a little... Oh, no, sorry, it's up a little, actually, from 71, and that is The Witch. Oh, hold. (laughs) I had a feeling, Tim. I had a feeling. (laughs) All right, well, in that case, uh, what is your number 63? Uh, My number 63 is a little movie called From Dusk Till Dawn. Ooh. Um... I think I had that already. I th- yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you, that was. I feel like that was a hold, right? Yeah, you 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 held okay. on on that before. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I just think this is such a, a fun movie, and I I think we talked a lot of uh, a lot in the review. But <clears throat> if you've never seen it before, it takes such a twist. Like it really takes its time, like getting to the horror, which you know might sound like a negative, but it's actually like you know it starts off as a you know a pretty interesting, just like straightforward crime. A movie uh it's a, it's, really... a, it's a tarantino movie for about an hour and then it yeah <laughs> pivots hard into goofy vampire movie and it works and yeah it's it's very surprising at how much uh, it works um but yeah and I, I think we talked about it a lot before but man i am very curious like what it would have been like to just go completely cold <laughs> into the movie and not knowing <laughs> the vampire angle at all uh-huh. um, and then you but... get to uh the 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 the, the sex pistol uh sex machine thing. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah there's so much good cool like you said like goofy is a good word for it because like it you know um it, it, like it doesn't take itself very seriously and it's funny because like the crime stuff feels a lot more serious but then yeah when it goes into this vampire stuff it does get almost like you know like fun but and silly but kind of like you know in an evil dead way where you know it's it's gory and over the top and there's monsters but then you know it's also very funny like you're saying there's a guy who has a gun for a cock uh basically and um well yeah, I, it's, to it's, be fair i think he has a regular cock underneath there but yes Mm, maybe <laughs> we don't we can't say 100 percent. Sure. i mean if you want to pull down tom zabini's skirt and look and check that's, that's on you uh but yeah no i mean i, I think this movie is just uh so much fun um yeah, i really dig it yeah it's very entertaining you know tarantino is very good in it you know not only did he co-write it um mm-hmm. i don't think he technically directed it but i've got a funny feeling he probably did like offer some suggestions that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's there on set with uh, Robert mm. Rodriguez. Uh, yeah. But now it's a fun movie. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of, like Harvey Keitel's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you get a lot of faces in there. George Clooney, obviously. Yeah. Like, yeah. And George Clooney, Selma Hayek, um, yeah. Julia Dreyfus. No. Or Juliette Lewis. Juliette Lewis. You, you, yeah. yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I don't remember Elaine being in it. <laughs> <laughs> she would have been good in it, though. <laughs> you gotta admit. <laughs> oh, yeah, she did. Uh, just shoved the vampires away with all the force in her arms. <laughs> they wouldn't have stood a chance. Get out. <laughs> Poor upper buddy George will come down and start, I don't know, snapping his like, really full wallet at them or something. Okay, we're just making obscure Seinfeld references now. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you do make a good, a good point, though. I wonder if George has ever been in a horror movie. He has, The Burning. Yeah. Oh, you're right. He's got hair. That's why I, I remember it. Because he's, he's got a full head of hair. And it's like, whoa. He still looks really old, though. He's maybe a teenager. And he still looks like he's 40, to be honest. Yeah. That, ma- that, ma- that was just a man who looked like a man from the time he turned 13. So as soon as puberty hit midpoint, that's just that you're a middle-aged man now. Just accept it. Move on, Costanza. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So what was that? That was your number 60. 63. 63. Okay, mm-hmm. my number 63, uh, down a little bit from 49, is The House of the Devil. 
Oh, I'll have you hold that, sir. I had a feeling you might say that. <laughs> I'm having an easy. I, I, I've got a run now where I'm not having to say anything. Uh, okay, what's your number 62? <sighs> yeah, I must be getting a little peckish because I am in the mood for some popcorn. Oh, very good. Very good. Uh, <laughs> you may proceed. And this is a new entry for you. Uh, yeah, I feel like this was one I, I had seen before, but it's really been the last couple of years that it's kind of become a, a favorite of mine. Um, it's a, I, I always want to say 80s, but I think it's early 90s. It's like 90, 91. 91. Yeah, it's yeah. like 91, I think. <clears throat> um, but this is just another one where I just, it, it, it has, it still has like a very 80s vibe, which yeah, I, th- I think we've said a lot before that kind of, you know, cheesy 80 movies are, are, are bread and butter. And I, I think this fits that mode a lot. It has a, um, you know, very likable protagonist. Uh, I I forget the the actress's name, but she had like a a nice little run of like horror movies in the I want to say like eighties and nineties. Um, but she was a I, I like that actress quite a bit. And um, yeah, I also love uh, you know, a movie that takes place in a movie theater. I think it's just like a really fun setting. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't have anything like that on my list. <laughs> no of course not shout out to last Monday, which made my list I, I mean for, for the record I do like popcorn I just um, I just didn't quite like there was, a, there was a lot of fun movies like that where I just had to pick mm-hmm. a few of them to make the list and that was one that just That's didn't fair, quite make yeah. the cut but I enjoyed it a lot when we watched it for the show and I, I'm definitely yeah. going to revisit it at some point yeah it's become like a fun little like um, like annual rewatch for me. I didn't watch it this year to be, uh, to be honest, but um, I feel like there's a, a couple of years where I, I watch it like around Halloween time or something, just cause uh, again, it, it, it's just a fun movie that makes me, uh, makes me happy. But um, yeah, it might be, it's not like super obscure, but you know, it, it is one that not everyone's seen. So I would definitely recommend uh, if people haven't seen it to check it out and of course, check our review out if you haven't seen that. Oh, of course. I mean, it's had at least a Blu-ray in both the U S and the <laughs> UK now. So that at least must have, you know, raised its like oh, yeah. cred a little bit i imagine yeah. <laughs> uh okay uh my number 62 is x which uh oh. is, a, is an unhold <laughs> so yeah well, a more recent entry here a new entry of mm-hmm. course for for both of us because uh it didn't exist last time this is ty west film in the 70s it's very much mm-hmm. a homage to texas chainsaw and it's set up uh, but of course, it's a group of characters who are making a porn film, and it challenges gender roles. It challenges uh, regret. It challenges jealousy, and has some pretty interesting directions. And of course, it's spawned a very weird franchise uh, <laughs> out of nowhere. A very unexpected, but very welcome franchise. <laughs> it was very much. We've already shot another movie. Like, like <laughs> X was out for a week, and it was like, "Hey, we've got another one in the can, ready to go." I'm like, "Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> I guess we'll have that later this year." So, uh, hence peril. But uh, no, it's, it's a fun movie. It's got a great cast. Obviously, Mia Goth's there, but you've also got mm-hmm. uh, modern scream queen uh, J- Jenny oh, her Ortega. Name. Ortega. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you've also got uh, Britney. St- no, what is her name? Is she's quite good. So yeah. Um. So you you've got a pretty sensible cast. And that's why one of the jokes that I made uh, when we watched this, or maybe somewhere after, is that I don't think when they made X, they they realized that Je- Jenny Ortega was going to be like, <laughs> you know, actually, no, I, I said this about Scream Five. That's what it was. Like mm-hmm. she was like a minor 
well, not a minor, but she she wasn't like the main character in Scream Five. And then X and Wednesday and all these things came out, and all of a sudden, oh, she has to be on the poster for Scream Six. Make her big. She's as big yeah. as the other one <laughs> on the poster because she's the actual star now. Uh, yeah, you know, and I think part of that is because of X. Uh, to the to the point where it was actually really tough to predict which character at a certain point mm. was going to be the final girl. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Credit where credit's true. Plus, it legitimately made me laugh uh, a couple <laughs> times, and it looks very good. It, it was going for an authentic seventies look, and to be fair, this is the guy that made House of the Devil, which also had a very authentic of its era look to it, and it's shooting style. So, yeah, no, I I was so happy with this, and uh, I mean, obviously, I I said hold, so you know, House of the Devil is going to be on my list uh, eventually, but uh, I. You know, I, I love that movie so much, and you know, Ty West has always been someone, a filmmaker that I was really rooting for and excited to see, you know, what he's going to come out with next. But you know, honestly, he's had a couple of duds, you know, after House of the Devil. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I feel like he's done stuff that, you know, um, is it's not bad. Like, you know, but there's a lot of kind of like just middle of the ground stuff, and then mm-hmm. I feel like. You know, or I mean, you, you you sound like maybe it's stuff that you hate, but um... no, I mean, I, I didn't like. I think the only one I saw after, like pre X mm-hmm. and after House of the Devil, the only one I think I've seen is Innkeepers, and it was okay. Yeah. Like it was fine. It's okay. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I, I agree. Some people seem to really like. It. I I think it's just fine. Uh, I agree with that. But then, uh, to me, X was such like a big swing, and I mean, well, maybe not a big swing because it's not like it was super expensive or whatever. But you know, it was just like such a like. Hey, I'm back, baby. Uh, and it was confident. It was very confident. Yeah, and I, I think that's a good way to describe his filmmaking because there's like some like just really like breathtaking shots in this. Uh, I feel like um, like one that's always you know uh, comes to my mind is like when you know Mia Goth is swimming in the lake and you see like you know uh, the like uh, alligator or crocodile or whatever. Or it must be an alligator, right? A- uh, that's Tim, only one of those is native to the U.S., so I'm going to go out and let me say it's a gator. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you see it swimming behind her, and um, just, I don't know, it, it, it's such a, like a, a just like such a good-looking shot, and uh, I feel like <clears throat> the movie on a whole is just really beautiful, and again, like you said, the way he is able to really make it feel like the 70s, because there's so many movies that, like, you know, and... I got. I I feel like we probably review them like every other week, but like you know, there's movies that are supposed to take place in the '80s or whatever, and they don't look like they take place in the '80s or whatever. But like, I mean, he... most recently, check out Total Totally Killer for an example <laughs> yeah. of this. Yeah, but uh, you know, I'm I'm so impressed that he actually able. You know, he makes movies that feel like they're in that that time period, and yeah, the performances are great. Uh, you know, I like spending time with those characters even before the horror starts, like, which, you know, it does take a while because it's a slow burn, you know, other than a cold opening. Uh, but like, you know, with seeing some carnage and whatever. But um, yeah, like there's a good while where like nothing really happens, but I don't care because like the, the characters are so I you know, I find to be very likable and engrossing. And um, yeah, but then once the horror starts, uh, the horror is very well done, and uh, and it's also a movie about making movies, which I always like. I mean, <laughs> granted, it's about you know making a porno, but your I, favorite you know, like, kind. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe we should review some more of those. But, um, <laughs> but um, I don't even know what you call that. I mean, usually when you do the porn <laughs> version, we call it After Dark, but we're already called After Midnight. <laughs> 
It just, be, uh, it just screams after midnight. Ooh. Screams. Dot, dot, dot of pleasure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, like I, like I like anything that is about, you know, again, similar to, you know, I like movies that take place in movie theaters. I also like movies that are about people making movies or in general, just people kind of, you know, that are passionate about something and are making some kind of art uh, I enjoy. And uh, yeah, I thought that was a good example of that. Yeah, it's very good. That's why I had it too. This is my entry. You had it earlier. Uh, this is very, very good. Um, and yes, I, I'm, I, you know, like just before someone said something, yes, I know Lake Placid was a crocodile, but that was very, very fictional. Okay. It was very fictional. They had to bend over backwards to explain why a giant crocodile was in a lake in the middle of the US. Can we just admit that they're the same animal? Like, I don't know. Like, people, oh, well, one snout is a little bigger. Like, oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> like, come on. All right. Uh, that was my 62. <laughs> what was your 61? Um... <laughs> what, what, what so... That shouldn't be that difficult, Tim. Uh, I, I was trying to think of a, a, cl- a clever way of saying they're here, but uh, <laughs> my <laughs> number 61 is uh, Poltergeist. Of course, I'm talking about the 2000s uh, version. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, are you very happy? Uh, uh, this is down quite a bit for you. This was thirty-one for you last time. Oof. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe uh, you know, once we're done all the rankings, maybe uh, we can. I, I can explain <laughs> some of these dropitures. Uh, dropitures. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I think this is a very fun movie. Um, yeah, uh, you know, kind of classic haunted house uh, i think there's a lot of you know very I- iconic stuff in here um you know there is like it, it's strange there's like some like very like crazy dark stuff that happens like you know a guy ripping off his face and stuff uh but i mean it's like a hallucination or whatever but it's still very gnarly but uh but at the same time like i don't know the the movie does feel like a bit more family friendly <laughs> than some other stuff um which a lot of people are probably like, oh, like like that's the the Spielberg touch. Even though, uh, you know, I would go on the record and say I I think this is a you know Toby Hooper movie. You know, despite some of the debates and stuff that uh, you know, that people have. Um, but I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't doubt that Spielberg. Yeah, you know, hardly anyone got it. killed by a chainsaw, so it must be Toby Hooper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a very good point. Um, but no, I I think it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, again, you got like a you know good cast. You got you know what's his face as a dad, um, from Coach. Uh, I I think <laughs> Craig T. Nelson. That's right. <laughs> I, I don't know who he is. So yeah, this is all lost to me. Uh, thanks for the help. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what Coach is. <laughs> it's one of the most famous American sitcoms. But um... <laughs> I have literally never heard of it. <laughs> <sighs> I have so much to teach you. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, uh, it's great, you know, and then you got the, you know, like just the, like the, just the image of like, you know, the static on, on the TV and, uh, you know, the, you know, go towards the light. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of very memorable stuff. And, uh, yeah, I think it's something that holds up and is uh, still a pretty fun watch. Mm-hmm. But, hey, you know. You you moved the graves, but you didn't bury the bodies. What's wrong with you? All right. Well, I'll just. I didn't move the bodies. As well. I'll have a rest here. So this is. Am I? This is what? Yeah, this is down quite a bit for me from number twenty three last time. This is my number sixty one. 
And I'm just going to mm-hmm. take a rest because I know what Tim's about to shout. Because my number 61 is Evil Dead 2. Oh, yeah. You, you better believe you got to hold that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Well, in that case, Tim, what's your number 60? My number 60 is One Cut of the Dead. Ah, new entry. Very good. Mm. Okay. So I, I guess I may continue. Uh, yeah, no, you may continue. Um, I don't know if I even considered this one, to be honest. Maybe, maybe I was... The I mean, it, it it's tough because... Um, I mean, it, it's hard to explain a lot about it, you know, without going into kind of spoilers. Uh, you know, th- there's a big thing that happens, like, probably about halfway-ish through the movie that kind of flips it on its head. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand. You know, some people might be like, oh, okay, like, uh, if, you, if you don't, you know, consider the... consider it to be too much of a horror movie, I, I, I get it, but... Um, yeah, to me, you know, it counts enough with like the horror elements, but um, there's a lot more to it <laughs> than that, though. And again, it's, just, it's so hard <sighs> it, to it, talk it, about it without see, spoiling. The, the problem is, is that if you even describe it in a a word, mm. even if you're being quite vague, it still yeah. gives mm. away to an extent where the movie's going to go. And the best mm. part of watching this movie is going in cold and thinking mm. that it is just a typical zombie movie. That's right. all it is. It's a typical zombie movie, and you'll you'll enjoy it. Maybe maybe you won't. <laughs> but yeah, if yeah, I'd say yeah. If you haven't seen it, it's it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, I yeah. think you know we are pretty uh, favorable uh, on it when we reviewed it. Um, uh, it's gonna seem correction there, Tim. We have never reviewed one cut of the dead. We didn't. Oh my nope. God. I guess maybe we just talk. <laughs> I talk to you so often that, uh, <laughs> you know, when we talk about stuff, I just assume that, oh, yeah, like, I remember talking to you about it, so it must have been in an episode. Uh, that, that's one. We should probably, yeah, we should probably note down which ones on these lists that we've not done yeah. because they're perfect for our future October thons. It's like, hey, here's something that we, yeah. we both like that we haven't done yet. <laughs> uh, so obviously, I won't give anything away because uh, it's probably still people that haven't seen it. Maybe they're waiting to watch the French remake. Uh, which <laughs> I think uh, has already come out. Um, News to me, but go on. <laughs> I, I know for a while they're talking about an American remake. I don't know if that is just, uh, you know, left the station or if it's, you know, still something they're thinking about doing. Um, seems very unnecessary because, you know, the Japanese original movie is still very good to watch. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you watch it, it's going to seem very weird at first. But even when it's weird, I think it's still something about it that is enticing that makes you want to keep watching and then you know something happens that um you know recontextualizes a a lot of the movie in a very interesting and and satisfying way and it you know it actually makes you feel very like warm and and happy uh by the end so a a lot to like about this movie all right well that was your number 60 my number 60 Mm. is a new entry and it is Mm. barbarian oh all right, I think you're oh, gonna have yeah. to hold. Yeah, am I holding? Am I holding it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You better hold that. <laughs> I'm holding it. Okay. Now. <laughs> See, a lot of this stuff, I, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm just double check. I know I wanted to put it on the list. Let me make sure that I actually did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Barbarian is my number sixty, and it is held, uh, mm. which takes us on to your fifty-nine, Tim. Uh, so I'm wondering if this is. 
my first Friday the 13th? Because I know you had a few. I think this might be my first, though. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> so this is Friday the 13th, the final chapter. That will be a hold, Tim. You can hold okay. that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all so right. That was your number 60, you say? No, six, 59. No, 59, sorry. 59. Mm-hmm. Friday the 13th, the final chapter. The sexiest 50. of numbers. <laughs> uh, and that's a new entry for you. I believe it is. Yeah. You didn't know that. Shut up. <laughs> you had no idea. All right. My number 59 is a new entry as well. It's another recent movie, and it is the 2020 version of The Invisible Man. Ooh, okay. You may continue. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I was looking forward to this. Lee Winnell did a good job directing Insidious Chapters 3 and did a good job directing Upgrade. And I actually just watched that again recently for, for Ace because it's, it's coming up oh. in a, 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 an episode soon. Um, flawed movie overall but the direction was very inspired and was very memorable for the action sequences so when he was doing Invisible Man it was like oh this is a this is like a bigger profile project this feels like he's oh he's got a star in Elizabeth Moss he's doing like a big name and I don't think he disappointed <laughs> I think this movie has got several suspenseful sequences uh, which treats it straight up as a horror movie this is an abusive mm ex-boyfriend that the main characters try to get away from but he has an invisibility suit <laughs> so <laughs> it's this idea that you know she has been haunted and stalked by someone and no one believes her so the whole thing works as an allegory for not believing victims so it's got the subtext there as well as just being a really great on the surface level horror movie as well where she has to try and get away from him and outthink him outsmart him how do you do that when he's invisible and the way it plays with that and the build up to the first times that he does something invisible because you don't mm-hmm. see him that, this is one of the things is you don't get to see like the the transformation like mm-hmm. I, th- I think in the opening scene you see like oh maybe he's lying there in the bed and he's kind of in silhouette or whatever but like you don't get to know him like mm-hmm. you know you like you see him really late in the movie and what he looks like but for most of the movie like he's just this invisible dude to you the audience well and then uh, <sighs> Wait, cor- correct me if I'm wrong, because um, I, I did like it quite a bit, but it's been a while since I've seen it, and maybe this might be a slight spoiler, but we're kind of just talking about the beginning. But um, in in the beginning, don't don't they think that he's dead, like that he like killed himself, and then it's like so it's like a shock that he's actually still alive. I don't know if that's the beginning or if that's like maybe more in the middle of the movie. Okay, but that is, there's definitely a point where that's the case. Yeah, yeah, because I, I I remember it being like. Uh, like obviously, you know, as a movie goer, you like, oh no, I'm I'm pretty sure there's an invisible man here. But I I remember it um, doing a very good job of playing with like, okay, it's very reasonable why you know she might look crazy uh, mm. or something, you know, when she's talking to other people or whatever. Um, which you know is point part of the movie, like you're saying, like you know, there's a lot of subtext and it's like about you know gaslighting and, and you know victim blaming and stuff like. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I yeah, I thought they did a, a really good job with that. I was. Uh, yeah, I like this movie quite a bit uh, as well. Yeah. Uh, didn't quite my, make my list. I probably have to see it maybe like one or two more times, but I remember really enjoying it when we watched it. I, was very, I thought it was a perfect modern version of a really old idea. I, I think it was so sp- a, yeah. it was so smart not to like remake the original movie. You know, like just do the same type mm-hmm. of character, the same type of yeah. plot. They did a completely different take on someone being invisible. That's the only thing they kept. They kept the title someone's invisible everything else was mm-hmm. completely new and fresh and like let's just do something else with it so well, that was a smart uh, idea yeah it's an excellent point like a lot of times when you hear like oh yeah we're gonna 
do this thing but update it and make it modern it's it's a, a little bit of a crapshoot but this is a great example of uh yeah like actually updating something with you know a really good result all right what's your number 58 uh well <laughs> it's actually very funny uh that you just did the invisible man because my number 58 is insidious chapter three another <laughs> uh lee one l uh joint um, I really love this movie. Uh, it might be a little blasphemous to say, uh, but I, I think, you know, I would say that is my favorite, uh, Insidious movie, even though I do like, Ooh. you know, uh, the first two quite a bit overall, I, I actually like the this franchise is, quite a bit. This is only a little bit down, by the way, the last time you had this at 54. So it's only down four oh, slots. Yeah. Um, I, I just think it's really effective and, and creepy. Like I, like uh overall like uh again I, I like the insidious movies i like what they do uh this one for me it probably has some of the best like jump scares and creepy moments i i just think the the you know villain the main kind of ghost or bad guy or whatever in this one um is just very creepy and there's a lot of moments that i that kind of stick in my head of like him just like being like you know at the end of the street and like very silently waving or like um there's a very effective uh sequence where the you know, uh, heroin is like, uh, you know, falls, uh, onto the floor. And, and of course, like she's, um, you know, I think she had both her legs broken or one of them broken or something. Well, she's uh, basically in a wheelchair. Th this is one of the things that's very smart about it is that she's in a wheelchair, which makes her more vulnerable because she can't just run mm -hmm. away, which admittedly you could argue how effective that would be against a ghost or a demon or whatever anyway. But right. <laughs> I think what makes it so smart is that. She's not someone who's always been in a wheelchair or someone who's been living that mm. way for a long time and this is her normal. This is someone who has been walking normally up until very recently and this is a sudden change to her life. It's not a permanent change. You know, she, she'll be back on her feet in a number of months or whatever, but yeah. this is someone who is used to being able to get up and walk away. So you're sort of mixing that, that sort of... That vulnerability is even more heightened when it's someone who's struggling with even getting used to the idea that she can't do normal day tasks in the way she could before. And now she's yeah. having to like try and crawl away from a ghost. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's like my, my favorite scene in the movie is, um, yeah, like she, she falls off the bed and like, she obviously she can't get up and you know, that it has this really great shot of her just like looking through the bottom of the bed and you see like, you know, the two feet of the ghost plop down and then it like systematically starts like closing the windows and then closing the computer and basically like, closing everything that, yeah, would emit light so it's just getting like slowly darker and darker and um i just i just thought it was really well done and uh yeah it's uh i think you know that's what really made me uh you know like you know look at lee one l as like oh like he might be like a you know legitimate like good filmmaker and stuff because before it's just like oh yeah he's the guy that helps like you know james wan write stuff and and everything uh but it's like oh no he's not just like someone that's just getting a job, you know, because his friend did the other ones. Um, he actually has, like, the chops to, you know, do some really cool, interesting stuff. Yeah. And this was his first time directing, so it, could, it really could have went mm -hmm. either way, any, you know, either way. But yeah, here we are. Uh, so uh, that is your number 58. My number 58 mm -hmm. is uh, a new entry for me, actually, and this is Audition. Oh. Oh. Gonna have to ask you to hold that. <laughs> oh, I'm just gonna have to take another rest. All right. <laughs> What's your number fifty seven, Tim? That would be hereditary. Uh oh, okay. Uh oh, this is this is a this is a new entry because it wasn't out before. Mm -hmm. Um 
I think you're good to go, Tim. Yeah. Um, no, I, I was really impressed with the, uh, this one when it first came out. You know, it, it'd been getting like a lot of buzz, and uh, you know, I don't think it disappointed. It's one of the movies where a lot of people would probably say that the horror is probably like you know the least impressive part about it. But uh, I still like the horror angles. But really, the you know what what's enticing and evocative uh, about the movie is like the family dynamic and you know how <laughs> you know, like bad it is and just like um some of the most like shocking moments were just like you know some of the stuff like you know the mother says to the son uh you know it's just stuff like oh like a parent should never say that and then uh which of course yeah the mother you know uh tony collette who just did you know phenomenal job everyone in it was very um you know good at what they do but uh yeah there's a lot of like very like shocking gasping <laughs> moments like some mm-hmm. very dark stuff and um yeah it, i do think it gets like a little bonkers at the end which uh, i don't think meant as many people enjoy but i kind of like how like crazy <laughs> it ends up getting uh so yeah it, it just uh it works for me and again this is another um you know impressive uh debut from uh you know a filmmaker who I, I I like most of his stuff. I haven't seen his latest movie yet, but uh, I will check it out at some point. Yeah, I'm still not sure if the new one that he did is suitable for screams or if, if it's still yeah, a, it's if it's tough. a horror movie or not. But <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, everything's very good. I think there's some really gasping moments. It's very very well directed. I I do think the third act goes a little bit downhill though, just because it gets a bit more generic sort of supernatural stuff. But <laughs> uh, I can't I can't fault it as a pick. So very good, Timmy. Uh, mm-hmm. my number 57, which is down just a little bit from 54 from last time is Carnival of Souls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is, uh, this is a movie where if you watch it now, you'll probably guess what the twist ending is quite early on, mm-hmm. because I feel like enough other movies have, have played with this type of like twist that you'll, you'll probably see mm-hmm. it coming, but it's very effective because it's this kind of slow creep building idea of 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 dread of someone who feels that the world isn't quite right and that people aren't like paying attention to her as much in the same way um mm. it it's got some very good images it's, it's very notorious for being a uh, public domain so it pops up in a lot of mm. other movies and shows when when characters are watching something in tv if it's not night of the living dead which is also public domain then it will be carnival <laughs> of souls and <laughs> You know, it has that, but I, I just, you know, I watched it and it was very effective. Uh, and I think some people, I think, write it off because it was on a Mystery Science Theater episode. And <laughs> it, like, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be bad. It means mm-hmm. it was probably a cheap episode to make because they didn't have to pay for right. the rights to it. <laughs> Yeah, but um, and sometimes it's fun to see them make fun of like good stuff too. Like mm. you know, it doesn't always have to be <laughs> garbage. Which I think you know with riff tracks and stuff, I think they have been on to do a lot of good movies. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can make fun of them just the same. So mm-hmm. uh, no, I think it's a very effective, creepy movie. That's got a really simple idea, which for the time was probably very, very novel. Uh, these mm-hmm. days, there's a, there's bigger examples that have pulled similar <laughs> things, but. Uh, I think it's very effective. Uh, I, I, I remember just thinking it was very eerie and very much, uh, you know, of its time uh, in the best way possible. Oh. So, yeah, I actually watched this for the first time, um, somewhat recently, like maybe even this year, maybe last year. Um, but I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, like a lot of the 
you know, uh, stuff that stood out to me too was like the look and just, you know, the atmosphere being very creepy. There's some but... really good, I don't want to spoil what it is, but there's some really good visuals towards the end when mm-hmm. the, the twist is sort of like un- unwrapping and you can kind of, yeah. there's a lot of good visuals there. Uh, so, mm-hmm. very good. All right, what is your number 56? So I think this is one that we kind of, uh, we're on opposite ends of. I, I don't think you like it very much, but oh. my number 56 is The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you, you may continue. This is a new entry, which <laughs> I guess isn't... I mean, that did, that was out before we did the list last time, so you could have had it, but you didn't. Yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised. I, I <laughs> thought uh, that I would have, but um, that, I think it's a very effective horror movie. Um, I just like like uh just the the idea and the setting of like you know uh you know if someone hasn't seen it you know basically mostly takes place in uh you know essentially it's a you know a, a funeral home or like a but it's mostly taking place in just this one autopsy room and um you know uh you know father and son are you know, doing an autopsy on uh <laughs> This Jane Doe, <laughs> you if said you that can believe such it. A, the, the coroner and his son, who is also a mortician, yeah. are both doing an autopsy, yes. Is, yeah. You said father and son are doing an autopsy. <laughs> like, it's, it, oh, it's a good bonding uh, experience. I, I think you have to acknowledge that it's a, a very specific and strange profession that it's running the family here. Like sure. the, the two generations are doing this very peculiar job. But yes, go, go on. Yeah. Uh, but no, it, it, it's really interesting. The and you know the corpse is it's it's almost like it's cursed, and then you know like once they start digging into it, you know like weird stuff starts happening. And, I mean, they literally start digging into it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, I think it was very effective. Uh, is very creepy. Uh, I like you know that it was mostly a um, what do you call it? Uh, Bottle movie. But yeah, um, I don't know if it necessarily counts because they do go into like different rooms and, and stuff. It's not just like the one room, but it's no. I know, mean, it, a whole building can be a vault movie. Tim, it doesn't have to just yeah. be one room. All right, uh, but yeah, it's like very self-contained, and uh, yeah, it's just another one where I don't know <laughs> something about it. I it just kind of makes me feel like very comfortable <laughs> whenever I watch it. <laughs> Are you getting erections watching the autopsy of Jane Doe, Tim? Well, she, she is naked most of the movie. <laughs> she, ain't, she ain't a bad-looking corpse. So. <laughs> Someone put that on a T-shirt. All right. Uh, that was your number, what, 50... 56. My number 56 yeah. is a new entry, because it wasn't around mm. the last time we did this, and that is, funnily enough, Midsommar. Oh, okay. You may continue. I make it. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah clearly I like this a bit more than Hereditary and I think it's because to me the ending of this one completely pays off like to me this Mm. one it sets up what it is and it's all this uncomfortable stuff which is the main character Florence Pugh is with her boyfriend and she kind of like like he he wants to break up with her but he can't quite Mm. bring himself to do it and then she has like this tragedy where her mother like kills herself I think (coughs) uh, from memory and it's like, oh, shit, I can't break up with her now. She's more than her dead mom. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I guess she's coming in on this trip with us to Sweden, even though she wasn't mm-hmm. meant to come. So she's just kind of like... If I, yeah. I'm sorry, if I remember correctly, I think there was like her family had like a gas leak or something in the house. So I think it was like 
the mom and the husband and like the sister like they were all oh they all died yeah dead yeah so it's like so again it's like another one of these movies that starts off it's just this huge like dark tragedy yeah, yeah. I, I think in my memory I, I think I, I remembered like the mom or someone like one of them sort mm-hmm. of self-inflicted it but maybe I'm just making that up I, to make it darker in my head <laughs> I, I, I could be wrong yeah. I could be wrong because it's been a while since I've yeah. seen it too but. Um, but like right away just the uncomfortable mm-hmm. pauses as like the boyfriend's like friend group are like just sort of sitting there quietly dealing with her being there and th- that sort of sets up the themes for the movie which is them going to this this sort of festival uh in sweden for midsummer and of course the people there act kind of like a cult and start doing some weird stuff but it's a very slow burn it's a long movie it's two and a half hours the director's cut which i've not watched the director's cut but that's three hours long uh, but the way it all builds up, it's full of very memorable scenes and just moment of just moments of just outright discomfort, like just really, really, like mm-hmm. it's horror, but it's horror in this like, really painfully realistic, relatable way, where it's like yeah. social tension horror. <laughs> it's kind of like if you take the mm-hmm. scenes from The Office where Michael Scott does something <laughs> that makes you uncomfortable <laughs> to watch, and you make a horror movie out of those moments, mm-hmm. that's what Midsummer mm-hmm. is. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, similar to, you know, like what I was saying with Hereditary, like, there's obviously very horrific stuff that happens, but, like, some of the the stuff that is more hard to watch is that stuff that's very, like, awkward, and, yeah, it's such, like, a bad position to be, well, like, I mean, like, no one is really, like you know in, in a position that they should be in like um like obviously that the dude is a, a shitty boyfriend but also it's like yeah like uh, you know like it, it's very obvious that, like you guys are on different wavelengths you shouldn't be together but yeah you're kind of in this position where it's very hard you know for either one of them you know to break up um and just the awkwardness and tension from that is like <laughs> sometimes it's like almost like too hard to watch but you know it makes it for like a very interesting and like different kind of movie and uh you know nice uh um, yeah it feels, you know it feels so real and there's some elements mm-hmm. early on where they're pretending and trying to still act like a normal couple and those are almost the most mm-hmm. awkward moments where it feels like oh, yeah. you're trying real hard <laughs> you're forcing it so much <laughs> uh yeah and it's a nice uh, example of a uh, folk horror too which i feel like uh mm, yeah. you know uh, a genre that I like, but you know, maybe we don't, might not do enough uh, of on the show. But I mean, I, not like they make a folklore movies as much anymore. But <laughs> yeah, well, we almost did one on Octoberthon, but then you insisted on five subspecies movies, so <laughs> uh, some things got bumped. Mm. Well, sometimes you get to bump things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your number fifty-five? All right. Uh, oh, geez, I don't know if I'm gonna get any flack uh, for this, but. Uh, my number 55 is Shaun of the Dead, which, you know, obviously, you know, is a very comedic movie. But, uh, you know, for me, it's in that realm of like, you know, comedy horror. So, you know, still counts for me to put it on the, the horror list. But, um, but what's interesting is this is a new mm-hmm. entry for you. Mm-hmm. Um but for me, it didn't make my list this time, but it did last time. And I think the reason why it dropped off for me is because mm-hmm. I had so many movies that I had to cut that I mm-hmm. I made the call to cut this one because, well, it is more of a comedy, so I think it's an easier cut. <laughs> Very fair, yeah. Yeah, but that's all. I mean, that's the reason why. 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely wouldn't, yeah, you know, uh, discredit that. But I also do like having, you know, a little bit of variety on the list. So, like, obviously you don't want to have, like, 50 comedy movies. But I like having, you know, like a couple of, you know, a horror comedy entries. But, um, yeah, I mean, this movie is just so freaking funny. <laughs> uh, you know, it's there's a lot of really just great deadpan humor uh great line deliveries great performances from everyone uh and and you know for as like you know fans of horror movies there's like tons of horror references you know uh, in it and uh the script feels like so tight there's like you know so many sharp yeah yeah callbacks and everything uh really there's you know <laughs> really don't have any it, uh it's very to say about it it's very tightly written and the only thing that mm-hmm. makes it look less tight is the fact that hot fuzz was somehow even more tightly written yeah uh, which was edgar <laughs> Wright's next true. movie but yeah, yeah sure that's great so it's good it's a great time uh and I, I think like the, the key to like this kind of you know if you want to do like a, a horror comedy you know really well is like you can't really like you know this like it doesn't half-ass the horror like you know it's still a very good like effective zombie movie you know it's just that you know the yeah, the comedy is forefront but I, I think yeah it's not really going for scares per se but it's not mm-hmm. it's not um cheapening out on having lots of zombie practical effects and having yeah. you know violence where they land on something you know there's body parts ripped off or or whatever they're mm-hmm. still doing all that stuff so it never feels yeah. like they're they're cheapening it and it never like it doesn't it never doesn't or it never you know, doesn't treat the zombies as like a threat, you know, like I feel like, yeah, with some of their comedy movies, like, you know, they would, you know, if you're being, if you're going like, you know, full goofy, silly with it, you know, you can like do a lot of stuff to just, you know, make the zombies feel like ineffectual or something, but they, you know, they are still very much like a a danger in this. Yeah. They are the one who knocks. (laughs) There you go. All right. Uh, that was your 55. My number 55 mm-hmm. is the original, and this is uh, down just slightly from 52, but this is the original House in Haunted Hill. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is a super fun one, because it's, it's very... Mm-hmm. It's not what you think it is. I think if you've seen the remake, the mm-hmm. some people actually quite like the remake. It's, it's got like this like weird like cult following that's kind of emerged in the last I mean, few like, years. like the one from like 99 or whatever? Yeah, yeah, like... Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got like a weird following now for some reason, but everyone hated it when it came out. Uh, but if you watch that, you, you probably have this weird idea of what House and Haunted Hill is. But mm-hmm. House and Haunted Hill is this like really fun horror, like, I, don't, I almost want to say comedy because Vincent Price <laughs> is this like guy who's like orchestrating all these scares around the place. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not like a straight horror film. It's this kind of this weird like playing tricks on people kind of movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's a lot of fun, and obviously Vincent Price is kind of obviously the face of horror of that time period, and mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense for him to be this guy who who's doing this stuff. And um, I just I, I think it's just it's, it's a very I think it's very I think because when you go to watch it, I think you're expecting oh it's it's a it's a big haunted house and there's going to be spooky mm-hmm. stuff, and it's not that at all. It's it's mm-hmm. a, it's a lot more uh, it's it's a lot more Vincent Price trying to convince people something's really going on when it probably isn't Mm -hmm. right that's kind of what the movie actually is now it's been a little while since i've watched it so i can't get into too many more specifics Mm -hmm. but it's a great fun time and i'm looking forward to doing it in the show at some point maybe we'll do like a little 
Vincent Price uh, season or something because uh, oh, he's, yeah. he's got a lot of stuff. We, we, we did follow House Usher a long time ago and we've not really done any of his other movies. So mm. uh, we, sh- we should probably put classic Universal movies and Vincent Price era <laughs> uh, Corman movies. These are the ones we have. <laughs> not that this is Corman, I don't think. This is Warner Brothers, but a lot of them mm. are. Uh, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I, I did remember enjoying it when I, I watched it. The insight is uncanny. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very good. It's very good. So uh, that's my number 55. What is your number 54? Uh, again, I'm not sure if this is one that uh, might get like uh, some shit over because I... I don't know. People might put this more in like a thriller or drama category. I, I, I'm not sure. Barbie. Uh, but no. <laughs> yes. Uh, actually, still haven't seen it yet. Uh, I've heard it's quite good. Um, patiently waiting for it to come to HBO Max. Uh, but uh, my 54 is uh, Misery, um, which. Okay. Uh, I, feel, course, I, I uh, think enough people count this as horror. I don't think you've got anything to, to worry about. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's I don't, I don't know. It's always uh, I, I, sometimes I, I get too much in my head where I'm like, all right, let me check uh, IMDb. Do they list it as horror or is it drama, <laughs> you know, thriller or something? Uh, uh, and uh, just for the record, this is a new entry for you. Yeah, uh, which I, the reason why I probably didn't have it on my list before is probably for that same reason, being like, well, is it maybe lean more towards this way? But I mean, it, you know, when you think about the story, though, it is very you know horrific. It's a you know a writer uh, being. Um, you know, uh, essentially uh, abducted, uh, you know, uh, by Kathy first Bates, seems, no less. Yeah. <laughs> who is, I mean, it's, um, I, I, I don't know, uh, like if you would call this like a two hander, uh, you know, if that's how you describe it, but you know, it's basically mostly just two people for most of the movie. <laughs> uh, but I mean, Kathy Bates and, and, uh, you know, Jimmy Khan just doing masterful, uh, performances in this, uh, they're so watchable. Um, and it is so the funny thing is uh, I feel like a lot of people think, oh, Stephen King wrote this about like, you know, his fans and how like, you know, uh, fan culture can be so obsessive uh, or whatever, which it seems like that's very much what it is. But actually, it, you know, he says it's uh, it wasn't about that at all. It was about uh, his addiction and, you know, it, it represented like, you know, his addiction to drugs and how like, you know, he was you know, you know, those were like his biggest fans or, or you know, whatever, uh, you know, he's be- basically being held captive by that. Uh, yeah. so that said though, and we did do this mm-hmm. in the show, you mm-hmm. absolutely, if, and if anything in the time since it's been made, it's only mm-hmm. more relevant in the days of, uh, Twitter and your, I don't know, your, your, your hardcore fan bases who will stick mm-hmm. up for someone no matter what. And it's very obsessive. Like, oh my God. I mean, I, I don't need to see a modern remake, but I mean, can you imagine this character around the internet age? Like, <laughs> she'll walk in the room with a t-shirt saying hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we made a lot of Snyder fan jokes on that review that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> oh, we must have. If not, we were off our game. <laughs> yeah, no, we definitely did. I'm, I'm not, yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I actually, yeah, when we did this, I was, like, I'd seen it before, but I was like, yeah, this mm. is actually quite good, and it's even a little bit better than I remembered. Mm. Obviously, James Cannon, the lead role, gives it a lot of gravitas. Kathy Bates is mm. very good as a psychotic fan. 
Uh, all good stuff. Um, and I wonder if maybe if the reason why I didn't have it is because I was thinking, oh, it's you know, it's maybe slightly more of a thriller than a horror movie, so I left yeah, it off. But, that's fair. But yeah. I, I wouldn't argue if if you feel it should be here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, by all means. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just because like there's you know so many uh, you know different King movies, uh, which yeah, admittedly you know there's some that are quite bad and you know some that are really good. But um, yeah, I feel like it's one that maybe people don't always you know uh think of or go to uh when they're thinking of king movies but i i would put it up there as being you know easily mm-hmm. one of the best like it's you know very good yeah it's probably just outside the top five i think of stephen king <laughs> movies but it's that's it's definitely kind of in that ballpark and like close to, and it's in mm-hmm. the conversation for sure absolutely yeah so uh that was your number 54 four mm-hmm. okay my number 54 down from 35 is an American werewolf in London. Oh, uh, you'll have to hold that, please. I had a feeling you <laughs> might say that, Timmy. <laughs> oh, I've, I've, I've held that a lot today, this so far. Well, I, I want to get too comfortable because uh, my number 53, it, if it's not a hold, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I may fear you've been replaced by a pod person. <laughs> uh, but my number 53 is Wreck. Uh, the, 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 I, yeah, that's a hold there. Hold that. Hold, hold <laughs> okay. that, bad boy. Uh, but yeah, so your 53 was wrecked. That was 29 for you last time. Ooh. Yeah, it's a Hasn't big drop. Well. All these drops. <laughs> How many new movies have you got up in this top chunk? <laughs> we shall see. We shall see, apparently. <laughs> All right, so that was your number 53. My number 53 uh, which is down just slightly from 50 from last time, is the original. Well, actually, technically it's not the original because there was one from, like, 1911. But Frankenstein, 1931 Frankenstein. Uh, you may continue. Yeah, well, you already had Brad and you said Brad. Brad yeah, Brad, that kind of covered my Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, Frank, <laughs> the original Frankenstein, when I watched these movies for the first time, I did like it a little bit more than Braid, which went mm-hmm. against, because I feel like most of the internet seems to prefer Braid a little bit, but I liked mm-hmm. the first one a little bit more. And we've done the first one for the show, so I've seen it a few times now, and I think it really holds up. I love the performance of Frankenstein himself. Um, he's got that manic scientist thing down. Like, in many ways, as much as Dracula was the blueprint for not even just Dracula, but just vampires in general, Frankenstein, <laughs> the character, was kind of the mad scientist blueprint. Like the mad scientists from this point oh, yeah. on are all kind of somewhat can be traced back to that performance of Victor Frankenstein. Uh, and yeah, Boris Karloff is great in that makeup, and he is yeah. such a distinct visual look and. Uh, you've you've got the the henchman, you've got the stealing the brain in the jar, you've mm-hmm. just got all these great things, and even just the visual of rising the body up and the lightning and all that, it's mm-hmm. all very good. If anything, it's out of all the, well, no, because Invisible Man's got a lot of effects, obviously, for being invisible. But I would say <laughs> b- between this Dracula and like the Mummy and these early Universal monster movies, this probably has the most spectacle because of that scene. I would say. Um, mm-hmm. even though it's all trickery and stuff, it still it has this kind of scope and grand, grandiose quality to it. And frankly, the movie gets dark. Like, and I know it's from the book, <laughs> but, you know, the scene with Frankenstein's monster and the little girl, even though it's more implied than anything you see, the fact that mm-hmm. a movie in 1931 is even implying this is pretty 
pretty hefty. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I think I think it's got teeth. I think uh, the finale is quite exciting with the, the lynch mob and all that. Um, so, no, Frankenstein. It's a classic. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy this quite a bit as well. Uh, again, like, Brad probably edges it out just a bit for me, I think partly because it is so weird and unusual. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is still a, a very good, you know, take. Uh, again, it's like, uh, you know, it's... And there's a reason why you know these characters and uh you know from and these books are, are so iconic and uh you know it's uh interesting that like they've you know got very endearing you know adaptations uh so early on because um yeah it's another one like similar to dracula where i don't think it you know quite gets you know it, it's not a perfect adaptation but um there is a lot that it does that is you know very well done and uh, again it's so iconic and it's like you're saying there's still so much stuff that um you know is passed down to pop culture <laughs> from this movie you know, i guess it's... the question is is there a better adaptation now we i think i think when we're done with the hammer dracula's we're probably gonna go mm-hmm. back and do the hammer frankenstein's just makes a lot of sense to do that those mm-hmm. next for hammer but we've got a few dracula's left though so i'm curious to i've seen hammer's first frankenstein movie before but i don't really remember mm-hmm. it very well so i'm curious to see how that holds up there was uh i i was doing a run of hammer frankenstein uh or hammer movies in general uh during one of the october thons probably like a couple of years ago now and i do remember there being one or two that i really really enjoyed uh whether mm. or not they're i i don't want know if i can say that they're a, a good adaptation though like i um but I, I do remember enjoying them quite a bit um it's and then i mean if you're going past that too, and you're, if you're talking about stuff like, uh, you know, the Mary Shelley's one from the '90s with Robert De Niro, like uh, that one sucked balls. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny that they still haven't like yet yeah, done like a, a very good definitive, uh, you know, take on like the book. But um, we have gotten some like interesting like what, what do you call it? Um, different interpretations though like, oh, yeah, like, I, like I, frankenhooker is quite good well i was thinking depraved is an interesting depraved is really good modern too, take yeah. on it but yeah the frankenhooker yes very good <laughs> uh all right uh what's your number 52 tim uh so i think this is a uh a hold that we're releasing my number 52 um is the descent oh yeah yeah that was my 91 yeah <laughs> um yeah no i i i really dig this movie um you know similar to again with ty west after seeing house of the devil and just really wanting to root for a filmmaker and you know waiting for them to kind of have their next like big hit uh this is another one where (laughs) it's like oh oh boy uh some of the films after this have been pretty dodgy yeah uh, I, neil marshall <laughs> like i by the way this was down you had this at 35 last time just before i forget mm-hmm. uh yeah neil marshall like i liked the descent a lot when i saw it i, I thought it was mm-hmm. if anything like the first half of it when it was just the claustrophobia of being stuck in the caves is just so effective yeah. that i was down for whatever he did next and doomsday mm-hmm. was okay it was kind of a mm-hmm. escape from new york-esque kind of movie mm-hmm. Um, and he did Centurion, which had a an early. I think it was an early. Was that an early fast? No, it wasn't fast bent there. No, it was McNulty from The Wire that was in that bizarrely. Uh, but that was just kind of okay. And then after that, I just stopped seeing his movies. <laughs> that was kind of. <laughs> I think he did a Black Mirror episode, and he's done some episodes of all the TV shows. But 
mm-hmm. uh, sadly like what felt like oh this is this hot new horror director who's on the scene who's going to be making some modern classics and then it was it that mm-hmm. was it it was, it was done yeah uh it was gone um also i'll just say um the senate is better with the original proper ending and not the weird <laughs> edited version that the oh, u.s yeah, gets <laughs> which tries to pretend that it's happy <laughs> Yeah, that's it's very strange. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think the big thing that you nailed is um, again like another movie where the I guess kind of the the big uh, horror supernatural stuff doesn't really come on until actually pretty late in the film. But uh, what it does so well is it you know invokes this feeling of claustrophobia, and I remember seeing it in like a big you know spacious theater and still feeling like ooh I like feel so cramped and stuff like when they're going through these tight tight tunnels and it's uh it's so impressive like how it can you know elicit such a reaction you know uh it you know it's very masterful filmmaking and yeah it's insane that like you know he has it really hasn't had much uh success after that i mean we all love the 2019 hellboy but um oh did he, i forgot he did that <laughs> <laughs> oh that movie was so shit like you would not think he made the descent based on that movie yeah um, it, it's very strange. I don't know if it's just like he just feels checked out or if he's not getting material that he, you know, is passionate about or something. Cause like even the one before this, like dog soldiers, like, you know, I don't love it as much as this, but I do think, you know, there's stuff that's like admirable about it. And, uh, uh, you know, it has its fans. So there's a, there's a definitely a good cult following for dog soldiers. I don't like it that much, but you know, it's, it's better than his later movies. Like I'm not going to deny that. Yeah. I I do wish there was like a better um like uh what do you, what do you call it uh like um because I I remember when we watched it I I was really surprised at like how crappy uh it looked I don't know if like mm. there's just um not like a good HD version or or something out there but uh or if they you know have a good transfer or whatever but um still though like I I can see like there's stuff that uh, I, I can see that's like, you know, uh, uh, good or effective uh, in dog soldiers. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just uh, everything else just feels like kind of like work for hire. Like really it doesn't feel yeah. like there's a lot of passion behind it, which is very unfortunate, but the descent, uh, you know, still holds up still very good and very effective. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my number 52 is down a bit from 37. And that is Henry portrait of a serial killer. Mm, okay. This is a nasty, nasty movie, uh, mm-hmm. and you've got um, oh, I always forget his goddamn name. Uh, <laughs> Michael Rooker. Thank you, Michael Rooker. For some reason, I always forget his name. Uh, something mm-hmm. about Michael Rooker just never sticks in my head. Uh, <laughs> but he plays this violent man who, and this is a like a grimy little. It's not found footage. There's one scene that's on like a video camera, right? But it has a very grimy, like, we're fought. Fo- it's almost like a documentary just following this, like, small group of absolute <coughs> bastards. Um, but it's almost, like, so dark that by the time it gets to the end, I remember laughing a bit, like, when you realize <laughs> that he's probably just killed someone finally and you just sort of, like, start <laughs> chuckling to yourself. Um, it's just, it's a very impressive film. It's definitely not for the faint of heart, it's not for someone who doesn't like being inside like the mind of a serial killer or someone mm-hmm. who is willing to just kill people it definitely gets that sort of grindhouse uncomfortable we're watching just nefarious people like rob zombie wishes he could make a movie <laughs> with this tone and atmosphere he wishes uh so yeah it's a very unique film 
it doesn't really follow a conventional like horror movie plot per se uh it's the sort of thing where if it wasn't for the the way he ends up killing people and the fact that he ends up like killing people you, you would probably not even think of this necessarily as a horror movie but there's something about it where right from the start you feel like they that he could just kill someone like it has that uncomfortable horror feeling to it right from the get-go like i could totally see how if you just rewrite this slightly and have a different director it would just be like a thriller it would just be like mm-hmm. oh when's the one bad guy going to betray the other bad guy kind of thing and <laughs> but it feels like a horror movie the entire time there's not a single second that doesn't feel like a horror movie so uh i, I think i appreciate how raw it feels as, as a as a premise <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I think I watched this like a long time ago, probably back in high school, uh, or, or maybe college-ish times. But I, um, I remember it feeling very grimy. But I really don't have much of a, a memory uh, of it at all. But all the more reason um, for us to finally get to it at some point. Yeah, I was surprised though because I was looking at uh, I think maybe Screenbox or some other streaming service the other day. Uh, and they had that on it, which, you know, is not that surprising. But then uh, they also had Henry 2, which I had no idea that they made a sequel. <laughs> that, that was news to me. I've got a feeling, Tim, that it's not going to be, you know, the same director and actor and all that mm. stuff where it's like a proper sequel. I've got a funny I'm... feeling it's going to be one of these, like, oh, some different <laughs> people made a cheaper, shittier movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure uh, I assume that, you know, the fact that I've never heard anything about it or anyone ever bring it up in conversation at any point uh, in my entire life that it probably is not that memorable or that Also, great, but... if they didn't call it Henry a gallery of a serial killer, then they missed the beat. They messed up, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> they missed the beat. All right, what is your number 51? All right, uh, so again, I am pretty confident this is going to be a hold, but let's see. My number 51 is A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. I believe that will be a hold. All right. <laughs> that was 51. Okay. Very good. Uh, did you have that last time? You did not. This is a new entry for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why so many things have got bumped down. You got all these new entries. Uh, <laughs> all right. What's my number 51? Uh, my number. F- well, I've got a funny feeling you're going to be saying the same thing to me. Uh, my 51 is on the Grudge. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a hold. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> uh, that's down... Oh, no, sorry, that's up. That's up from 58. Uh, just, oh. They've mostly been down so far. I'm starting to see a few of mine creeping up the way now <laughs> instead of down. So that's that's fun. Mm-hmm. So, you're on the grudge. Higher up than it was before. But we'll talk about it later because Tim's <laughs> cock blocking me. So, uh, that's us halfway through the list, by the way, everyone. So, uh, round of applause. Woohoo. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Uh, what is your number 50? Uh, that would be In the Mouth of Madness. Ah, you may continue. Uh, actually, I'm sure you had this last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, you had it at 64 last time. So this is up. Oh. Is this your okay. first up? This may be your first up. <laughs> first time I've got up. Um, the two-hander. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I absolutely adore this movie. I think um, it is... I mean, you know, it's tough to say John Carpenter has so many classics, but uh, I mean... I thought you froze there because you had such a pause between... It's uh, <laughs> just such a movie. I, <laughs> I mean, it's tough because, like, I, you know, I, like, obviously, like, I, I can't say, you know, in good conscience, like, that it is, like, oh, actually, this is, like, John Carpenter's best movie. Like, he has so many 
hits that like yeah that would be saying a lot but i do think this is one that maybe is a little more underappreciated or not talked about as much in his filmography but i i think it's absolutely great um uh now granted uh, i'm a big stephen king fan and this does feel like oh what if like <laughs> stephen king was in a horror movie because it's about um well, well it, it's about like uh you know sam neill is like this guy who's investigating this author who you know is seemingly kind of uh, gone crazy and like you know people are uh you know being uh, affected by his work and like going out and killing people and it, you know it gets very meta there's a lot of like you know uh interesting stuff about like you know stories coming to life and uh, lots of really good effects and monsters in it uh i i, I think it's such a, such a blast and obviously you know sam neill is always great uh to see yeah <laughs> I've only seen this the once and I actually wasn't that hot on it but you know it may be the sort of thing where if I see it again for the show at some point I'll be more into it um, I think the one thing I will say is that for people who do like this movie for them it is the last good Carpenter movie because after this you've got Escape from LA uh, mm. or maybe not Village of the Damned which I've not seen maybe he's Village of the Damned in 95 is alright I don't know uh, but, I remember it being like okay like it's yeah. Not nothing to write home about, but it's not like the worst thing in the world. Whereas to me, like this would probably be like his last big banger, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's the last one I really like. Prince of Darkness, it might be. Uh, mm. That's it. Memoirs of Invisible Man, I'm not seen, and that's like in between these. <laughs> oh, oh, Tim's yeah. not sounding too hot on it. Uh, well, well I, I think like a couple uh, of years ago, I was trying to fill in all my carpenter gaps, and like mm. I saw that one and didn't really i i might have seen it as a kid too but watching it again as an adult didn't care for it but i think carpenter doesn't like it either yeah well luckily for you that'll be an ace movie because all the invisible mans were done on ace Oof, oh uh, in fact so was ghost of except mars for maniac <laughs> so, so, yeah except for invisible maniac but sp- speaking of uh john carpenter stinkers we did ghost of mars on ace recently and i had never so seen actually, it before I haven't seen that one yet <laughs> oh t- it's worse than you think it's going to be it's it's so sad it's it's like oh. a really bad remake of Assault and Precinct 13 and The Thing. I mean, it, it, it sounds like a winning recipe. It I mean, sounds like a winning recipe. <laughs> but then you've you got 50... Not 50, not 50 Cent. Who, who am I thinking of? Ice Cube. Another rapper. Mm-hmm. Ice yeah. Cube. Uh, he's, he's, he's... He's just not a leading man, Tim. Uh, you got a young Jason Statham... Mm. You got Natasha Henshridge oh, okay. from Species. Hmm. It's a, mm, it's a rough time. It's a rough time. It's a shame. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I mean, admittedly, like Carpenter has had so many more successes than like so many other filmmakers, but it's still like, you know, as a horror fan, it's like, you know, I, you, you need one more hit. Like you can't go out with you know these or the ward or whatever as like you know your last movies i know he just had that you know the stupid stupid urban legend show on uh peacock but that doesn't count like you know like it still needs like one hit you know no no i concur i concur all right so that was your number 50 uh my number 50 which is up slightly from 55 is chopping mall <laughs> i knew this was gonna show up at some point <laughs> <laughs> oh i love chopping mall tim mm. i do it's it's why like sometimes 
I feel like the movies that are, are this fun in the way that this is fun, like a Pieces, right, which I had already. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Pieces was going to be great. It was just a surprise when I watched it of how good it was, right? Uh, and, and its own way, of course, not in like a traditional quality sense. Right. Uh, Shopping Mall is one of these examples where I heard the title and I saw the poster and went, this sounds amazing. But there's so many movies where I have that reaction to the poster and the title, where the title's mm-hmm. kind of witty and it sounds like an amazing cheesy movie. And then you, you watch the movie and it's just kind of okay. It's, it doesn't quite live up to what it was in your head. Chopping Mall exceeded <laughs> expectations it's a shopping mall it's still the 80s but they've got robot security guards but the robots go berserk and start killing the the group of teenagers maybe college age people <laughs> who are sneaking about in the the mall at night so you've got this you know mall location people sneaking around you got a dick miller cameo second time he's been mentioned this episode <laughs> and uh you got uh one of the one of the girls is from night of the comet if you've seen that it's another 80s movie uh it's 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 a super interesting interesting film uh plus you got you got garrett graham in there in a small role mm-hmm. uh it's just it's just a, a, a wonderful time it has well you know it's not the the best head explosion in cinema because scanners exist <laughs> but it's in right. the top five like it's in the <laughs> conversation for head explosions yeah, uh, you know, I I don't want to give too much away, but uh, there's a movie that I think we're gonna have to do uh, <gasps> soon that is also has a very good head explosion. I don't, I don't want to ruin Ooh. it, but oh, I'd, we'll get there. T- a Tim, now I've not seen this movie, mm-hmm. but would it involve a basketball? It it just might. <laughs> it just might. <laughs> I might have seen the gif of this particular moment. <laughs> Uh, I think Chopping Mall is a lot of fun, but you know, um, my complaint about it, <laughs> you know, you know what we argued on the show. I just I think this is more of a sci-fi movie. This is technology run amok. It's not, <laughs> you know, I I don't think it fits the horror criteria. Hey, right, hold on, Tim. Hold on. I'm looking through all the movies you've said so far, and I've got a funny feeling there's going to be a little bit of sci-fi in one of these things. Okay, I'm looking. I'm looking through. Okay. Hold on, I'll find something. Uh, Bride of Frankenstein's kind of sci-fi. That's fair. Yeah. The Blob sci-fi. <laughs> what else we got here? Which I'm not debating. These are horror movies, by the way. I'm saying that mm-hmm. the, something can be both horror and science fiction. It's a very mixable <laughs> pair of genres. Uh, Reanimator's definitely got a bit of sci-fi in it. Psycho Gorman's very sci-fi. Mm. We're just—I'm just getting through. Yep. What else have you had here? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, very good. All right. I think I think that all about mm. do it. Um, Neon Maniacs isn't sci-fi, but it, it <laughs> looks like it's sci-fi. If that makes any. It's kind of. I mean, they come from like a an, an alternate universe, which is yeah, a, or that's sci-fi yeah. or something. That's sci-fi. That's, sci- that's sci-fi, like yeah. All right, there you go. Fifty. I I kid, but the movie is is fun. I do agree. Yes, fifty's chopping mall. It cracked the top fifty this time. I'm very pleased <clears> with that. Uh, what was your number forty nine, Tim? Um, I forget if you mentioned this already. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but my number forty nine is Child's Play two. Ooh, did I? Seems like something I may have mentioned already. Yeah, I did. Yes, it was my seventy six. Very good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> I I, 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 you may continue. <laughs> well, I've already had it. Of course you may continue. I can't, I can't, I can't double hold you um, to hand it. So, uh, this was your so 37 last time, by the way. So it's down about 12 or 13 places. Yeah. Uh, so I had Bread of Chucky earlier on the list, which I think is like a really fun, uh, you know, Chucky movie. And it's getting more into the kind of the campy side of the franchise. But Child's Play 2 is, you know, just a really good, like... Um, yeah, when, when Chucky still felt like it was a bit more horror-tinged, you know? Um, I I definitely say it's the best, uh, especially horror-wise, like, of the movies. Um, it just has a lot of fun kills. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of what you want from a sequel. Like, it's like, all right, we already got, like, you know, the premise and everything out of the way. Like, you know, if you've seen the first one, you know what it's about, and we can just start really having fun. And Well, you know, I, Chucky- I, I think the big thing is that you don't have to spend half the movie with the, like, Oh, is the doll really alive? Like, so right, yeah. there's a lot of hiding him in the first movie. Whereas the second movie's like, no, 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 he's already Chucky. We know he's alive. Yeah, have fun with it. Have fun with <coughs> Chucky being a menace. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think you know the animatronics of Chucky looks great in this. The kills are really fun. Um, but, and plus, I think it, the finale takes place in a toy factory that's making as, lots of Chucky dolls. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say, yeah, that's like the perfect set piece to, yeah, like end the movie at. Uh, so, it's a very strong, uh, you know, contender for the Plus, franchise. Second movie today with Garrett Graham in it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Plus, uh, Jenny Agutter's the mum, I believe, if I remember correctly. So, <clears throat> it's wow. all it's all lining up. <laughs> the the lists are forming, Je- melding yeah, together. Jenny Agutter's the female lead from American Wolf in London, for the record. So. Oh, right, 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 right. She was also yeah. in Avengers for a modern movie. Like the... Like Marvel Avengers? <laughs> yes, Marvel. Also Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. The oh, okay. <laughs> small role, her, but she's just know, there. Yeah, we wish her the best of luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good luck, Jenny. All right. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Charles Plays 2 is very good. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun um andy kind of like gaining an ally and a big sister mm-hmm. i think it's a big part of the heart of the movie which makes it feel less frustrating than the first one um the kills are more fun chucky's having more of a blast and it's just it's just a better all-round time and the fact that andy gets like ptsd when he, th- <coughs> he starts to realize chucky's back in his life when he thought he'd get rid mm-hmm. of him is also pretty entertaining to watch so it's just i don't know it's just i feel like Child's Play is a fun movie. I think Child's Play is a solid movie and does what it's supposed to do. I think Child's Play 2 <laughs> is the movie where it excels at what it can be and what we think mm-hmm. of Chucky being without going full comedy like, you know, Braid onwards. Well, I wouldn't say right. onwards because it kind of it, it kind of goes back to horror again with, uh, with it Curse. Does, yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, very good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, that's why it was also my number 70-something. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was your 49. My number 49 which is down a bit from 33, and that is the 1980 version of Maniac. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so this this is kind of has, uh, shares a little bit of that Henry Porter of a serial killer thing, and it's a very grimy, low budget. This came out in 1980, and it's this serial killer who lives in New York, and there's a lot of like on-location stuff where they're filming the subway stations and going down dark alleys, and it feels... Like, you know, it's just that 16 millimeter look where it just looks really grimy. But it's this, uh, 
deranged serial killer who's hunting down victim after victim and then he tries to like sort of form a relationship with a woman that he actually kind of likes and you know he's got a creepy hideout where he's got filled with mannequins and you know i don't think anyone's going to be surprised at how the movie maybe ends when i say that Mm -hmm. but it's just a really solid like depraved like 90 minutes or so inside the head of a killer and it's something that shockingly got a good remake as well but the Mm. i think the original what what has the original that feels unique about that particular version is the fact that it was made when it was made in the new york that it was made in at the time Mm -hmm. and all the on-location shooting gives it this very authentic like underbelly of the city kind of feel and stalking the streets and all that whereas the remake's a more modern film and we'll you know so it's a little bit different but uh this this is very memorable to me and i think it's one of the one of the better examples of the killer being like the protagonist of this certainly of this era anyway because i I guess there's not a lot of them because it typically isn't how you do it but i think it works for this uh do we ever do it on the show we haven't yet no it's it's been on the to-do list for a long time yeah because i i you know i honestly i'm not sure if i've actually seen it oh oh well i didn't want to say that i wanted to make sure we didn't do it on the show first because i didn't want to say that and have you be like well actually we did watch it (laughs) and then Um, you would look like a fool (laughs) yes um i do feel like it's one that i've maybe turned on it's been on tv or like i've put it on like streaming at some point but then i either got distracted or or didn't finish it because i feel like something happened where like i haven't maybe seen the full thing or if i have it it's been a while but I, i'm very familiar with the remake the remake i, I like quite yeah. a bit well um, like like i say um all these movies that we bring up in this list it's actually shocking how many episodes we've done but how many of these entries we've not actually done yet um it, it basically is forming a to-do list of any time we're uh we got so many sequels though, and we got so many like new movies to do. It's just tough to fit them in. But uh, always coming out with new movies. <laughs> I think I think uh, this is a good to do list to work from for Anthem. I've not done already mm. for sure. Uh, all right, that was my forty nine. What is your forty eight? Uh, that is the invitation. I hold. Okay, <laughs> you can hold. Uh, that's not this year's vampire movie, for the record. I'm assuming. No, 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 dear God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't sure if I needed to put the uh, the year next to it to differentiate, but uh, I'm it, assuming it paid me to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm assuming we're talking the 2015 movie, yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's very good. Uh, all right, well, my number 48 then is Terrifier. Oh, okay. New entry. Right. Uh, nice. it, did, it existed when we did the last list, but we didn't actually watch it for the show until mm. 2018, 2019, something there. Mm. Um, and this, of course, was my introduction to Art the Clown, uh, <laughs> and I've never looked back, uh, frankly. Uh, I assume you've seen the teaser trailer for the third one, Tim. I, I have not yet. I know it's out. I just, I, oh, I've been a little busy. I, I need to see it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a minute long. It's, it's, just, you know, it's just, it just, I'm excited. I'm excited. But yeah. Art, like, this is, like, Damien Leon, who makes these Terrifier movies, like, he, he somehow makes these ultra low budget movies that feel very effective they don't feel like they just look cheap i mean you can tell they're cheap but they don't look like you know straight to streaming crap that most right. cheap things look like these days um it looks grainy it looks like it's again shot on locations it, it has that kind of vibe going for it 
but Art the Clown is this, you know, he's it's like take Michael Myers, but give him like a happiness for what he does. Like he <laughs> he's gleeful about it. He loves <laughs> killing people and yeah. he's entertaining to watch. He's creepy when he needs to be. He's hilarious when he's like enjoying himself as he kills people. And it yeah. is just a very effective, brutal slasher movie. And I think when I first saw it, that's how I described it. It's just a very brutal slasher movie where he's just unrelenting and it's about one person really trying to get away from him for most of the movie. And it's really, really solid. And it was a great foundation. Obviously, this wasn't the first time Art the Clown, the character, appeared in general. But this was very much, I think, like, here's the proof of concept. Like, we've already done, like, the short and we've done like the segment in the anthology <laughs> here's his full movie and i think it's extremely entertaining and um yeah i i, I just kind of and it's been so long since we've had a good new slasher you know like when was the last time I, we had a new slasher scream like <laughs> it's been a long time yeah i mean I, I think that's a lot of the appeal is it does feel like it's hearkening back to an era that's kind of gone but like you know something that we grew up with which were these you know big slasher franchises and um and, and you know we, we're still getting franchise movies nowadays but yeah like i feel like it's not like you know not like this like a lot of times we'll get you know stuff like insidious or conjuring like kind of movies where it's more based on like you know like demons or ghosts or like stuff like that but yeah you can't think of like too many like newer slasher villains and um yeah art really fits in well with those and, and while there's maybe some meta subtext in the second movie specifically it feels very earnest it's not trying to be wink wink mm. like look at the tropes or anything um yeah. it does subvert your expectations once or twice in really smart ways but for the most part it's like no no he's this brutal killer and we're going to do absurdly <laughs> over the top gore and we're going to make him just this like non-stop nothing's going to stop him uh machine uh <laughs> to get what he wants yeah so i don't know i i, I like the earnestness of what it is of just being content being a great slasher movie uh and even then arguably it's not a slasher movie it's maybe more of a stock stalker movie because it's not like it's a high body count you know that's, that's true yeah. relative to other slasher <laughs> villains Two definitely up that ante. There's more. There's more deaths in two for sure. <laughs> uh, but it's very effective at what it is, uh, and I recommend Terrifier uh, whenever I can to people who want uh, a, a bit of a pick me up in their horror watching. Mm. And uh, I really appreciate that it feels like there is lore behind it, but it doesn't necessarily like explain everything. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, like uh, I don't. It'd be very boring if you know there's some scene where they're researching and. Uh, microfiche and they're like oh wait a minute art the clown what like was a clown that mysteriously <laughs> disappeared 30 years ago or whatever but um i like that you can tell that the filmmaker like certainly has like ideas about you know uh, what like art is or what he does uh and uh i, I always uh, appreciate that i think it's very yeah. interesting I, I mean i think that's more the second movie i maybe this maybe if i go back and watch the first one again sure, maybe, yeah. maybe i'll notice some of it in there as well but it's definitely really heavily kind of like hey the second movie makes you think mm -hmm. about all this stuff and like what, what the underlying yeah. story is and i think it's definitely more implied uh in the second one but there's like stuff that happens in the first one that really doesn't make sense like I, i'm mm. specifically thinking about like some stuff in the ending um but again it doesn't feel like oh that was just weird and random it's it's kind of more like okay i feel like the <laughs> the you know the 
director knows what he's doing, but I'm not quite sure what it means, but it's cool anyway. Um, for sure, but, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, that was my 48. What was your number 47? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I know I was just <laughs> saying that, you know, Chopping Mall is more sci-fi. Uh, so. uh, <laughs> what science fiction movie have you got for? Is it your 47, uh, Tim? That would be The Fly from 1986. Okay, very interesting, very interesting. So, a new entry for you, it looks like. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, uh, there's a lot of science fiction there. You know, you have, uh, again, you know, the trope of technology gone awry. Uh, but I think what makes this, um, the horror part of it really is the body horror once, you know, Jeff Goldblum starts, you know, turning into the fly. It is really really disgusting I, I always think that this movie is a little hard to watch uh in parts because of like the transformation uh and some of the stuff that jeff goldblum does is just really <laughs> gross uh and disgusting but i mean it makes it like honestly like, probably like one of the best examples of like body horror uh in a movie like just uh yeah the the way he changes and looks and like special effects are, are, are so good and then obviously like jeff goldblum is always very you know hypnotizing uh on screen um yeah it's weirdly one of those ones that i feel like i don't come back to uh like very often but whenever I, uh you know i do watch it i'm always reminded like oh this is like really goddamn good <laughs> Yeah, I've, been also, I've seen it. I've seen that a few times, but it's been a long time. Uh, it's, it's something that we'll I'll definitely do on Ace at some point mm. uh, as part of because you know there's three classic movies, then there's the eighties mm. one, then there's a sequel to this one as well. Uh, obviously, the Cronenberg yeah. one's the one that most people think about. The original is the Vincent Price one, which I remember mm. enjoying as well, but not. It's not obviously the same league as the body yeah, horror it's... that the eighties one has. Yeah, that that very first original one, uh, you know, obviously it's very different, but there was some like memorable stuff uh, in it. Um, the sequels, I, I think, were pretty dull and forgettable. And then, yeah, the sequel to the Cronenberg one was uh, pretty bad <laughs> all around. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Cronenberg one just really stands up the test of time. It's quite good. Yeah. Uh, all right, my number thir- uh, sorry, my number forty-seven, which is a new entry for me. Is the original Evil Dead? Yeah, you're gonna have to hold that. My uh, I, I, th- I thought I might. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, since my 47's on hold, what is your number 46? Uh, that is Return of the Living Dead. Um, ah, which, just a, I, I'm assuming you had this last time. Uh, probably. Yeah, you did. Number 61 last time. So this is up for you. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is another one that I just think is a a total blast. Um, it's like you know, uh, it, it, you know, it's a very different take from a lot of the zombie movies that we had before. Like you know, we had the the Romero movies, which are masterpieces, but you know, they're much more serious. This is uh, just more fun and goofy and cheesy. But yeah, I mean, it's got everything you want. It's you know, uh, some eighties cheese, some like over the top memorable characters. Uh, the the zombies are a bit goofier, but they work. Uh, and and they look absolutely great. I mean, uh, you know, the the tar man, you know, zombie <laughs> is you know very iconic. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure this is where the whole like you know zombie brains you know kind of thing is originated from. Because um, yeah, it's like not really a thing in the Romero movies, like. Um, but again, that's like another thing that's, you know, very like, you know, enters the pop culture or, you know, zeitgeist. Uh, but 
yeah, this is one is just a, a you know really fun blast of a movie. Yeah, it's a fun movie. It's just one that I'm not as attached to. I think uh, maybe it's because I saw it later on or whatever. Um, I kind of like the second one from memory more than the first I, one. I'm weird like that, so, but yeah. So I, I think that's a, a little bit of a controversial opinion because I, I think people like I, I heard some people like that really don't like the second one, uh, which I, I do think if you watch them back to back, I, I can kind of get uh, why. But the um. Growing up, I, I think the second one was just on TV a lot. So maybe it was like similar for you. Um, yeah, maybe. So yeah. I, I feel like I saw that one a bunch more. So for a long time, I kind of favored the second one over the, the original. But I feel like if you go back and watch them back to back, I do think the, the first one is a little better. But I, I really like them both. And then I think, I mean, it's been a long time since I've watched either of them. But I think the mm-hmm. second one's just more of a straightforward zombie movie. Uh, whereas, so, and the first one was known for having its sense of humor, for being more of a horror comedy. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe losing that is why a lot of people don't like the second one. But mm-hmm. because I saw the second one on TV or whatever a few times as a kid, like I, I do have this mm-hmm. attachment to it. Whereas the first one, I don't. So it's, I don't know, it's just kind of weird. Yeah. But yeah. have we done any of them on the show? Or nope, we've not done any of these. Wow, that'd be a fun franchise. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah the, even the third one, which you know, <laughs> I, I wouldn't I mean, say necessarily hey, like is a good movie, but I do have nostalgia for it yeah if you like melinda clark you like the third return of the, <laughs> evil, uh, return of the living dead i think very iconic uh like vhs cover too like yeah just all the glass <laughs> sticking out of her and there's a four and five as well let's not forget <sighs> actually i would like to forget that please <laughs> let's not. If we, ne- necropolis or uh, something like that if we do them we have to do all five Oof. that is uh that's a little bit of a, a Satan's bargain. For that. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a phrase, but I'm starting to get a little tired. So, <laughs> uh, All right. My number 46 is an unhold, and it is down a little bit for me. 39 last time, and that is Friday the 13th, the final chapter. The Ooh. fourth movie in the franchise. This is the, mm. the one where Jason really becomes Jason. I know he gets the hockey mask in three. But he's still, he's wearing like a green shirt. He looks too clean. <laughs> Part four, he's, you know, he's wet all the time. He's slimy. He's dirty. And he just, he moves in a way that feels more like, you know, Jason, right? I think four is where he really feels like the Jason that we all think about. Um, yeah. The kills are fun. There's some quality ones. There's some memorable characters. Uh, you got a young Crispin Glover doing his dancing, <laughs> of course. Uh, you've got the the twins that they're hitting on all that stuff mm-hmm. you got young Corey feldman of course as a kid mm-hmm. uh being the one who might be able to take jason on but it's unsurprisingly <laughs> like uh, you know obviously i had the prowler earlier on in my list and this is the same director like realizing that connection between those two didn't surprise me because i'm like yeah you know what like mm-hmm. i think this does have a bit of a higher quality than some of the other uh friday the 13th movies like i, I think this is better directed than one and three two is maybe arguable like i've got this higher than two but i could see an mm. argument for saying that two is actually slightly better directed but i i do think this one really sticks out as being really well defined uh it's got the two houses that are sort of across mm. the road from each other so you get a really good sense of geography and where like running to safety is and all the rest of it um and there's some fun stuff mm. so uh, no I, I like it a lot yeah i don't really have too much to add but i mean just kind of echoing everything you say like yeah the the characters are very fun the kills are very fun um yeah i think we are starting to get to the point where jason is becoming the jason that i you know and know and, and more familiar with uh but yeah really 
Fun time. All right. Okay, well, what is your number 45? My number 45 is Friday the 13th, part six, <laughs> Jason Lives. <laughs> uh, well, you will be able to continue. I'll just tell you what you had that last time, because I'm sure you did. Yeah, you had it 77 last time, so that's went up. Ooh, okay. Um, Quite yeah, a bit, no, actually, I... that I'm looking at it. <laughs> uh yeah no i I think uh you know take everything you said about four and then just kind of double it for me like i think this one is so much fun and admittedly it's a little probably goofier and a little bit more comedic i mean even the the opening is very over the top with how jason you know comes back to life i mean it's almost frankenstein-esque like him getting you know struck with like the bolt of lightning uh and everything but uh i just think this movie is such a blast and uh and really like this is when i think of jason uh i don't know if it's controversial to like the the zombie jason more than uh you know i i guess the more human one uh from the earlier movies but i i, I love, mean like, i don't <laughs> think it matters a great deal to be honest but i mean like some people get like a little touchy about it but i mean i love the zombie jason like i love him <laughs> just being like this reanimated corpse and just uh walking around but uh yeah, I mean, uh, I, again, I, I love everything about this, the kills and stuff. It's probably the, you know, the funnest Friday the 13th uh, for me With in a series that, you know, I actually like I never really considered Friday the 13th to be my you know go to series. But when I sit back and think about it, like there are quite a number of entries that I, I do enjoy, definitely more than I than I don't enjoy. Yeah, I like six quite a bit. Um, I don't love it and put it in the same pedestal that a lot of fans of the franchise do. Mm-hmm. It's because it's a bit sillier, you know. There's a whole like, there's like a random sequence in the middle with like a group of paintball like people. <laughs> There's just kind of goofy comedy that ends with a kill. Yeah. Uh, if I, I would say that, like, yeah, I think one of the complaints I had about five actually is still true in six is that a lot of the kills are just random characters that are introduced just for their kill scene. And you don't see them before that point. They're not like characters who are recurring that get, eventually get killed off. They're just random yeah. people. And it's fine to have a scene like that or two, but there's a lot of them. There's like a camper van <laughs> that he goes after at one point. You know, there's just a, a lot of those. But they are, by and large, they're they're mostly fun scenes. Some of them may be a little too lighthearted for me, but um, hey, that's why I like four more. Four just feels a bit meaner, as, as does two, for that matter. So, that's fair, yeah. Yeah. All right, well... Uh, that was your 45. My number 45, <laughs> sticking with part fours, uh, down a little bit from 32, mm-hmm. is Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, which I, I think I'm safe from you saying hold on yeah. this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is my favorite sequel to Halloween. Uh, Halloween does not need a sequel. Halloween is a perfect masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It does not need a single goddamn <laughs> sequel. But if I'm watching a sequel... My, mem- my fond memories of catching Halloween 4 randomly on TV at midnight... On a Friday night, when I was, like, maybe 10, 11, something in that range, and just loving it, and just loving this story of, like, Michael coming back to Haddonfield, but this time, Loomis is able to convince the sheriff, because they all remember what happened the first time, so they're actually (laughs) going to try and help fight, there's an angry mob who go hunting for him. Basically, what I'm saying is, it's the good version of Halloween Kills, it's it's very much, like, (laughs) the original take on that, but... You know, Michael's hunting his niece, uh, played by uh, Jamie Lloyd. Um, when uh, Danielle Harris, Jamie Lloyd's the character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, <laughs> I knew I messed up. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I think I think it's just a really fun time with a, a fun plot, likable scenarios, 
Um, I love Loomis yelling, you know, like, leave those people alone as Michael, like, standing there in his bandages, like, waiting to go. <laughs> um, like, why is he walking up from his coma all, after all this time? Like, all this stuff is just super fun. Um, I just think it's a really, really likable sequel. Like, I don't know. I, I just, if I'm picking one Halloween sequel, and I like a few of them, but if I'm picking <laughs> one to watch, I, not only do I think it's a really fun sequel, I think if you want to view one, two, and four as a trilogy, it's got a pretty nice ending to say, hey, I'm done now, because you don't want to watch five. If you like the ending of four, <laughs> don't watch five. It's just going to ruin yeah. it. Yeah, I, I need to rewatch this because I've, I've only seen it probably like once or twice, and I remember uh, I, I never really watched it as a kid or anything, so maybe that... Uh, affects my viewing, but I remember not being super hot on it when I, I first saw it, but I know quite a few people like it, like, um, definitely, I, I know you're a big proponent, but uh, I've also heard other, you know, people um, that have gone to bat for it. So, people with um, taste, clearly, yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely agree that, you know, it's it was better than, you know, a lot of the sequels that come after it. <laughs> uh, Michael shoves so. his thumb through someone's forehead. <laughs> And that's in the first five minutes. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I, and then you go back and uh, yeah, rewatch it sometime. But again, the um, yeah, the, the Halloween movies, since the, uh, they were never like a consistent franchise for me growing up. So like there's some that I've seen like, you know, a million times, like, you know, the first one and the third one and stuff. And then there's a lot of the sequels that I've only seen a few times here and there. So, yeah, could be due for a rewatch uh, at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that was my 45, so what is your 44? Uh, this is a very, very new entry uh, for me, uh, but that would be Talk To Me, uh, a movie that we you know yeah. just reviewed just last month. <laughs> you know um, what? Um, I don't have this, but basically I just decided that it was too new and I couldn't think of, like, I, I couldn't put it in the list. I just didn't know where to put it. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I mean, I was struggling with that uh, as well, and I was kind of going back and forth if i should include it or leave it off because yeah although if i was very good it was very new and you know sometimes you want to wait and let things sit for a while before uh you know you, you add it there but uh, well, when i was thinking about it, though i was just i was really impressed uh with it you know i think it's a and you know it, it is so new but i don't know if, you know there might be people that still haven't seen it yet but um yeah i, th I thought it was very effective uh it was a very good you know debut uh, for some some new filmmakers, uh, you know, it has a very <clears throat> interesting um, and creepy you know premise. Like you know, I, I thought that was you know very well done, and then uh, it just you know it it just was a very solid uh, a movie, and um, I can't imagine it will go down in my estimation in time. Uh, you know, uh, I'll. You'll probably watch it again at some point, you know, uh, since we just did it recently, you know, probably not right away, but at some point I'd like to watch it again, and I'm sure uh, we'll see if, if it goes up or, or, or whatnot, but yeah, this is a very impressive uh, film, I thought. Is that our first Australian horror movie on the list? It might be. <laughs> uh, probably. I don't think we did Body Melt or anything yet. <laughs> I don't think Wolf Creek came up, so. No. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think we're I think we're safe. All right, so that was your forty-four. My number forty-four is down a little bit from number thirty, and that is the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, you'll have to hold that. I thought yeah. I might. All right. Well, in that case, what is your forty-three? 
Uh, that would be Get Out. I think that's an on hold. I think I had that earlier. Oh, did you? Yeah, I think so. Uh, okay. Obviously, it was the last episode. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had that at number 74. So, yeah, yeah, there you go. Very good. Yeah, I mean, another, you know, very impressive, um, you know, was this a debut? I don't know if they, I know they had that, like, uh, you know, that movie Keanu, but that was like a comedy movie. I don't know if Jordan Peele directed that or. Um, um, I don't know, but uh, I can tell you this has been up for you because last time it was 58. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, again, <laughs> just a, a very, you know, um, great debut of a, you know, filmmaker Jordan Peele, who uh, I've, you know, I, I mean, I, I had us on, on the list as well. Uh, and I've, you know, quite enjoyed every movie, <laughs> you know, he's done uh, so far and is someone that, you know, I, I look forward to everything. Uh, you know, this was just, uh, it really felt like a, you know, breath of fresh air. Like it was doing, you know, this kind of, you know, societal horror thing that, you know, maybe we see a lot more of now. But like at the time, it felt like very, like, oh, like this is a very impressive, like, you know, interesting movie that has like, you know, something to say. And it's also, you know, very funny. And, uh, but also like the direction is just really, really solid. Uh, yeah. Great movie. Yeah. It's got a very cool premise. It's very unique and it feels very much like we're hearing a horror story mm -hmm. from a voice that's new on the scene. That's talking from a perspective mm -hmm. that we don't really see horror movies made from that much. You know, when you when you think of like prominent black horror movies, as in black mm. directors or black characters, it's not actually that big a list. Especially you know, mm. before Jordan Peele, you know, it's just there's a sort of handful of like main movies that you go to and sort of check out for for that. And um, to have this new voice here, that's a consistent voice who's like, hey, I'm going to keep making horror and sci-fi movies now every few years and keep adding mm. to that is uh. It's quite cool. And Get Out was a great debut. It was very tense, very unique premise. Um, mm -hmm. I hear references to the sunken place, like, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, all the time. It's kind of inner pop culture mm -hmm. a little bit. So, very, very good. Uh, that, was, uh, Get Out. that was your number 43. So, mm -hmm. my number 43, which is up, actually, one space. It was 44 last time, and that <laughs> is Reanimator. Okay, so that's a, this is an unhold. Right. Is it? I don't know. Did you have this already? I had it at 82. Oh, fair enough. There you go. Well, yeah. Okay. It's an unhold. Uh, <laughs> this movie is bloody funny. It is full mm -hmm. of great effects, like practical effects. There's talking heads. There's like mad science shit going on. There's body horror. There's mm -hmm. all this stuff. Plus, you got Barbara Crampton, uh, one of the, the scream mm -hmm. queens of the 80s in here. Plus, who, who can deny that... Um, you know Herbert West here, uh, <laughs> Jeff, Jeffrey Combs. Yeah, he's yeah. great in this. Like he's so, so intense in his performance. <laughs> and then I think the unsung hero is the creepy like villain of the movie, like the the doctor who's like oh, really yeah. pervy <laughs> and like wants to do lots of bad things. Like he he is such a good <laughs> villain. He's so easy to hate. Because yeah, because you think that the reanimator is kind of like the bad guy, but really he like the. Yeah, the, the dean or whatever at the college is, like, the real villain. <laughs> I mean, Herbert West is a bad guy. He is absolutely <laughs> a villain, but he's not the villain of the movie. He is he's the lesser... He's he killed a cat. <laughs> he is... No, he absolutely is. Yeah. Like, he's not good, <laughs> but he's the lesser of the evils here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's selfish and has no regard for the safety of the people around him, but... 
don't know. Just uh, I don't know. Does does wanting to reanimate things is that so bad? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see Pet Cemetery? (laughs) Which came after, by the way. Reanimator was Mm. first. I mean, probably not before the book, admittedly. But (laughs) then again. This is based on H.P. Lovecraft, Lovecraft yeah. which is definitely before Stephen King was hacking his way through his trash pages. But yeah, let's not forget about the Bible, which <laughs> was even before that. <laughs> and some people get reanimated in that. So true, but uh, if you believe the people who are into that, then that's a <laughs> non-fiction book. Therefore. Does not oh, that's count. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's non-fiction. I, I think it's no. very fictitious, but technically, technically, yeah. technically, <laughs> yeah. Reanimator is a blast. It's it's really entertaining time. It's it's a quick watch. It's got very mm-hmm. memorable moments, and it's sort of it's definitely in the horror comedy sort of camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, but very very good. So, uh, that was my number forty three. What was your number forty two? Uh, so it's another Carpenter uh, masterpiece, uh, oh. and that is Prince of Darkness. Um, uh, I, I really. Oh, do you have it on there? Uh, I, I've got. Yeah, I think this is going to be a hold. I'm just double checking. Um, okay. Yes, yes, it's a hold. You're holding. Okay, <laughs> I shall hold. Hold it, you son of a bitch! You had this at 43 <laughs> last time, so that's. <laughs> One up. That's shockingly close, actually. <laughs> that's, right. that's interesting because I like I purposely didn't look at the old list because I didn't want to be influenced by it. So it's very funny that mm. when something lands very close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's funny. Uh, anyway, my number forty-two though is Nope. Okay. Okay. Uh, All right. That's... Oh yeah. No, you may continue. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, cause you, you just had, uh, get out, uh, get out there and you've had us already. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had get out earlier. Um, so I did make my list, but no, it's actually my favorite of Jordan Peele's movies. It's very much him doing his version of Jaws, but with some kind of alien slash UFO. And mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. I think his direction is the best it's ever been in this. I think the way he shoots some of these sequences, the visuals are just stunning at times mm-hmm. um it's got a really good central story about this brother and sister and what makes them tick and like their awkward relationship and how that's driving things and and whatnot um but i like it because it's like okay we have this thing that's very scary that can do really bad things and has done very bad things to people but we have characters who are proactive and try to like mm-hmm. discern how it works what the rules are how can we fight this thing can we fight this thing and you know what's the plan to do it and they, they, they come up with a plan and they try and enact it and i love proactive characters in horror movies where they're fighting <laughs> either a supernatural force because there's enough rules that they can plausibly actually fight it if they can think it think of some weaknesses or a monster of some kind in this case uh it's gonna get a lot of overlap you know is it you know is it a monster is it a ufo is it an alien like there's you know there's, there's a lot of uh crossover here and what, what you might call it but uh, it's very good. And the idea that it's kind of invisible in the sky as well. So it's kind of like the sky is the ocean, you know, again, the comparison to Jaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, 
I love that. Nope is very good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really love this movie as well, and I, I don't know, I, I kind of went back and forth to put it on the list, and I don't know, I, I think maybe. Well, you decided I, I, nope. Nope. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's because uh, I already had. You know, his other movies on there, and uh, I want to make room for some other uh, people, or if it's because um, maybe, you know, I, I, I quite enjoyed it, but, you know, it is still new. I you know, haven't, uh, you know, might need a, a, another watch or, or two to decide. Yeah, like, talk to me. To put a, right. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, I, I do enjoy this quite a bit. It's just... Uh, it didn't didn't quite make the list, but I I, I really like it. That's, that's fine. <laughs> I don't think you have to defend why you didn't put it on. Tim. It's okay. <laughs> right? It didn't make the cut, and that's okay. Uh, all right, that was number forty-two for me, uh, mm. which means we're on to your forty-one, which is your last number of the episode because we're already way over two hours. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm dreading this forty movie uh, <laughs> last part of this time, <laughs> given these first two parts. But it's the bed we have made. Uh, what was your number forty-one? Mm. Uh, so that is Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. Uh, oh, you did have this last time. I noticed it earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. You had this at 65 last time. So this has actually been up a good 25 spots. Yeah, uh, this is one that I, I, I liked when it came out. Uh, like I saw it as a kid, I remember enjoying it quite a bit. And then I feel like maybe last couple of years or something, I you know uh, kind of rediscovered it. And I just think it is so much fun. Um, it's, uh, I mean... Obviously, I love, uh, you know, the Crypt Keeper. Yeah, when we, we went ahead and reviewed every episode of the show, and then a lot of them uh, did not age very well, but the Crypt Keeper was always, like, fun to see. So I, I love having him, you know, in kind of, like, you know, the opening and ending of the movie. And then the movie itself, I just think, is such a blast. It has... Um, possibly the best cast of any movie ever uh there's that's a bold uh claim (laughs) okay i mean you got billy zane uh william sadler um yeah uh, 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 of course uh thomas hayden church uh cc pounder uh charles fleischer i mean this cast is stacked uh uh it's it's so damn good and uh you know all very memorable characters and then um you know billy zane is playing such a hammy over the top villain but he's so much fun to watch and then um yeah it it almost reminds me of like kind of evil deadish and like the you know the types of humor and stuff uh there and it is kind of like a siege movie which is always fun you know you have characters trapped in a house and then it's you know a matter of okay how are the demons going to get in um how can they you know manipulate people and letting them in uh but uh yeah this is i i think a really uh a blast and um <clears throat> i don't know if it's like super obscure but like you know i think maybe people that are a little older you know might not really remember it uh you know, from being around that time or whatever. But I think, you know, if you haven't seen it, it is very much worth tracking down. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I hadn't seen this when we'd done it for the show. And I was pleasantly surprised. I, I don't know what I was expecting from it, but it is a fun movie. Didn't make my list, but I, th- I thought it was good fun. Like, there was a lot of memorable moments, memorable characters, like you said. I had a good time. Yeah. So, there you go. Oh, and uh, was... Uh... Oh, this is this is another uh, Dick Miller, I believe, uh, was in this as well. Oh, yeah, three, so. <laughs> three decks. So that's a definite to handle that. Uh, all right, my number forty-one to round out the episode. 
uh, is an unhold, in fact, and this is Ooh. down slightly from 31 to 41, but this mm. is your next. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's funny. That's a good one to end on because that was like um, at the very start of the episode. <laughs> yeah, 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 book ending. It's almost yeah. like it was planned. <laughs> yeah no i i like your next is like such a good example it's maybe the main example i think of when i think of a movie that i i went into in the theater to pass time but i thought the trailer <laughs> was shit so i was i was going in in such a jaded no expectations well that's a lie it wasn't no expect it was bad expectations i was expecting <laughs> bad and the movie which is, you know, it's a Thanksgiving set movie. It's this this yes woman named Erin and her boyfriend going to his family's for Thanksgiving. And then whilst they're at Thanksgiving dinner, a group of masked people start siege, you know, do a siege on the house and start killing people from the outside. Mm-hmm. And it's all done really well. It's a really memorable moment where someone tries to get outside the front door. I won't spoil it, but it's, <laughs> yes. it, 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 it'll, it'll stick in your head forever. I promise that. But the big thing here that I was not expecting from this movie is that the main character, Erin, turns out to be one of the most badass final girls I've ever seen mm-hmm. in a movie because she grew up, she was raised by John Rambo or something. She starts <laughs> making traps. She stops fighting the bad guys and like killing people in really over-the-top ways. There's fun practical gore effects. Like You are rooting for this woman by the end of this movie. Like She 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 grabs you and she... Like she demands your like respect <laughs> and she mm. she like ensures that she she drags you into this movie kicking and screaming and you know, it's a movie it's not even like it's ultra super serious either there's definitely some fun mm. sillier moments and there's um i i remember feeling really awkward in the, the cinema because there's a moment where a killer's chasing someone and I thought they were going to like swing an axe or something, but instead they just punched her in the face. And I was I was just not expecting it. That I, I let out a laugh, and I thought, oh, people are going to think I'm like a deranged girl for laughing about a woman getting punched in the face. But it was so unexpected that I just couldn't help but uh, cackle at it. Um, mm-hmm. th- this was such a like out of nowhere surprise victory for me. I was expecting mm-hmm. nothing, and I came out being like, okay, that's like one of my favorite movies of this de- this decade, like instantly. I I feel like it was like a little ahead of its time too because it it feels like it's doing stuff that we see a lot of now where it's like uh, yeah like you know the uh, the badass final girl and like mm-hmm. the um, you know the over the top like rich asshole family uh, you know that I I feel like you know th- there's so many movies now about like you know <laughs> shitty rich people like getting their comeuppance but like I feel like this was kind of maybe a, a little less uh, heard of at the time but. Um, yeah, it's just, it's really well done. And so what's kind of funny is I realized on the last episode when I was looking at my list that I had accidentally put one movie on it twice. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I I deleted that the second time, and then I knew I had to, you know, come up with something to fill that spot. And then um, this movie popped into my head, and I hadn't seen it in a while, so I actually popped it on and rewatched it today, and it still really oh. holds up. It was uh, a, a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, there is such a maybe it's um i mean i guess it's not really a spoiler because we already mentioned that the you know the the aaron is like a, a super badass but it is so funny like when you know she's just talking to like uh someone and you know in the middle of everything and she just like kind of casually mentions like oh yeah well like my parents were like kind of crazy survivalists and i grew up on a <laughs> compound and it's just like such a funny like casual way to be like 
oh yeah you guys are screwed because i am like the biggest badass there is and uh you know i'm like coming for everyone but it, it's like she's so proactive I, like i was saying earlier that yeah. i love characters <laughs> who are proactive in horror movies mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, well, as soon as stuff starts going down, she starts checking the phone line to see if they can call for help. So she, she's mm-hmm. instantly looking for practical solutions and yeah. <laughs> trying to problem solve. And it's just so easy to root for her because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Best Thanksgiving yeah. horror movie. No question. Oh, hand, hands down. It's, not even, it's yeah. not even a fight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the kills in this are, are so good. Uh, and it's also like... Like, it's like the movie itself is meta, but, like, there's, like, a weird, like, oh, they have, like, you know, appearances from, like, other horror directors and, like, you know, there's mm. a lot of, like, horror mainstays, like, Barbara Crampton and, and stuff, and uh, Larry Fasnaden is in there. Um, so there's, a, like, Ty West, like, plays a character for some reason, not sure why, but, like, <laughs> but, you know, that that's just, like, another, like, fun little horror nod for it, but, um... Yeah, this is another one where, where kind of Adam Wingard has had, like, a pretty interesting career, because, like, between this and the guest, like... It was like, holy shit, like, this is going to be the guy. Yeah, and then, and then he's had a couple of weird, yeah. weirder picks since then, hasn't he? Blair Witch was yeah. just okay. Yeah. Um, I never saw his Death Note movie, but people didn't seem very positive about it. I, you know what? I, I very r- rarely do this, but I uh, I think I was actually I was watching it with uh, my wife, and we stopped it halfway through, and I was like, <gasps> this sucks. Like, we oh, can't dear. finish it. It was really bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the demon guy looked, looked cool, and he was played by... Um, was it a uh, uh, Willem Dafoe who did a really good job? But like, uh, it was a hard watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wild stuff. Um, mm. And correct, didn't he do one of the Godzilla movies recently? The was it the second one he did? No, I think it was Godzilla vs Kong. I could be wrong. Let me just double check. Was it him? Oh, okay. Yeah, because the second one, one was uh, the guy who did Krampus. It was Michael Doherty. Oh, Doherty. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I was mixing them up then. Yeah, then yeah. he must have done uh, versus Kong then. Yeah, yeah. Which I actually did enjoy. Like it's, I mean, it's fun. It didn't yeah. work for me. Like it's not what I wish he was making after you're next. Admittedly, right. but yeah. <laughs> I did. I, I enjoy kaiju movies, even mm-hmm. King of the Monsters. The humans are shit, but I do really enjoy that <laughs> for the fun that it is. Um, and I I enjoyed Godzilla vs Kong again, just for what it is. Um, mm-hmm. That said, though, and obviously he's working on the second one. I think. But mm-hmm. I, I I do hope that he goes back to doing something like your next because it's his best movie. Like I I just absolutely know, yeah. nothing else has touched it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, and I'd like to see him. Yeah, do like I don't know. Maybe he just works a little better with like original ideas. Maybe even stuff with like kind of smaller budgets or something. Because yeah, those really shine versus some of the yeah bigger IP and projects. That have yeah, not really been like yeah. what you kind of want from him. I mean, maybe I'll get to do something really wild with Godzilla and Kong, yeah. which I think is what the next one's called. <laughs> well, it's, it's Godzilla and Kong colon something. I don't remember what the, the rest of the title is, but I'm sure I'm sure it'll be silly. <clears throat> whatever it is. And then we we got the the Godzilla shows coming out soon, right? Isn't that this? Yeah, week? Yeah, or... no, it's not this week. That was the seventeenth. Godzilla show that like you mean the Monarch one? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I was not until next year. Oh, okay. <laughs> You've got me down myself now, though. <laughs> Do you want to put some money on this? Uh... Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm, I'm okay. live fact checking. Monarch Legacy mm-hmm. of Monsters is the title. Mm-hmm. Um, where are we? Come on now. Where's Wikipedia? Thank you. Da 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 da. It doesn't seem to... 
November seventeenth. Okay, this is a, this is a recent development. That's <laughs> when, when did this happen? This was just vaguely next year for a long time. Do we need to move some stuff around? Are you going to review it? <laughs> I am going to review it. Uh, it turns out. I, I, there uh, goes your weekend plans. <laughs> I've got a second uh, murder at the end of the world to do this week as well. Oh, well. Okay. well, I'll just have to happen then, won't it? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm interested in, in seeing how that goes, though. Um, I'm curious. You got yeah. Curtin Wyatt Russell in it, so we'll see how that. Is. Anyway, this has been our top 100 horror movies, and that was uh, my number 41, which rounds out part two, which means the final part will be our top 40s, and we'll see how that goes. <laughs> this was longer than the first part, uh, which I have to blame Tim because I was like, he was telling me to hold like constantly, so this was all on Tim for the, the length <laughs> of this apologize. one. Yeah, this is all on you. But uh, mm-hmm. you can let us know what you think of our picks. Uh, tell us which ones are good recommendations that sound interesting to you. And of course, you can support all the content over at patreon.com slash TV and get some bonuses for your trouble. Uh, we do a bonus episode every month uh, where we'll do like a B-movie or something to review. Uh, and then starting back in December... We'll have our monthly even more stream show where we just talk about all the random horror movies we've been watching not for the show um as well as uh, a bit of a quiz i don't know if tim's bringing the quiz back or if we'll maybe do another feature instead but there'll be a bit of discussion yeah we'll do something we'll, 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 we'll do something uh we've been doing on meltdowns where we're doing mount rushmores of like various sci-fi things maybe we'll do that that's interesting as a, okay. as a horror concept uh but uh check out patreon uh, and of course if you can't support us over there don't feel bad just hit the like button on youtube helps more people find us so all it takes is a little button click mm-hmm. and that'll that'll do the job uh but that is the show so thank you very much for joining us we appreciate it we'll see you should be next week uh mm-hmm. for for part three and the the final part of our top 100 however epic that ends up being <laughs> And uh, we'll mm-hmm. see you then. But uh, thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies, and we will see you next time. <laughs>